Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Double Twist, Amazon Music. Thank you always for downloading and listening to this show. Always greatly appreciated. Yet another season concludes for the Minnesota Vikings. Well, was this my uh, 13th season covering the Vikings of Purple Mafia? 14th season covering them in some way or another. Paladino Live on YouTube back in 2007. And, boy, is it really already that far in. 29th season covering the... <laughs> 20, no, yeah, 29th season covering or watching the Minnesota Vikings starting in 92. A little bit of a late bloomer as a 13-year-old, really watching them full-time as I just kind of catch them. But uh, one way or another, it was just yet another one of those years you just chalk up as they missed the playoffs. And, well, they finished 7-9, and nine, a 37-35 to 35 victory over the OK Detroit Lions. Yeah, we beat the Detroit Lions in Detroit. We swept them again, but unfortunately, again, 7-9, and nine, not good enough to make the postseason. Green Bay Packers looking good for that number one seed. We'll talk about that. Uh, the show release might not be until tomorrow morning, Monday morning. I don't know why I'm saying tomorrow, but yeah, Monday morning. So that would be why, uh, to let the uh, Washington Redskins, actually, I just call them the Redskins, but yeah, Washington football team, Redskins, whatever. Uh, <laughs> see if it's their final game as the Washington football team before next year they have a new name, logo, and colors and all that or if they continue into the postseason as division champs of the NFC East. We'll see what happens about that. Segment number two will kind of go over a lot of things, uh, this and that, and the playoff seating. And, of course, segment number three will be the same old, same old when it comes to, in a good way, in a good way. The uh, I don't know why I call it same old, same old, but uh, it's definitely no disrespect. Uh, fan interaction, very much enjoyable. We get to hear from Mad Martin again, which is wonderful. Always appreciate him. Always appreciate Mad Martin and others out there as well. Probably going to be quieter, unfortunately, and it's going to get quieter and quieter now as we head into the offseason. Of course, people will bring up the draft. People will bring up, cut this guy, sign this guy, uh, go this way in the draft, go that way in the draft at the end of the day. So we're just kind of back at that position again. Uh, Justin Jefferson is a new rookie record, new rookie record for receiving yards. He eclipses Randy Moss and Anquan Bolden for that. Congratulations. He obviously passed Randy Moss. Uh, during the course of last weekend and, and eclipsed uh, Anquan Bolden today for the all-time rookie receiving record. It's just too bad. It's in a wasted 7-9 and nine season. Good quarterback, but a guy who makes weird mistakes, like he threw the ball right into a defensive lineman. Luckily, the guy dropped it. That was uh, kind of funny. Eh, kind of funny, but not really. It was kind of scary, but threw it right into the defensive lineman. It was like, okay, that's one of those Kirk Cousins gaffes again. He was sacked three times, him being Kirk Cousins. Had an awesome game. The kind of game where you come back and say, well, what's what do you, what's your problem with Kirk Cousins? He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, look at that. 405 yards, three touchdowns, quarterback rating 127.6. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. So what, what are you complaining about? Like, stop complaining. Stop it. Well, I don't know. Um, well, plays like that because, well, in other cases... At the most inopportune time, maybe that's in a big playoff game or something. He makes a mistake like that, and then kablooey we go. It's so much fun to well, so much fun to watch when things like that happen. It's really fun and exciting, and you feel so warm and fuzzy. And no, you're actually just really pissed off and depressed. Oh, Cleveland! Thank God they won. <laughs> I'm happy for them. <laughs> the Jets. Yeah, we'll get to that and where the Vikings might wind up uh, with their draft pick and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, wow. Well, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised about one thing. 
Just like I mentioned about the 49ers last week losing to the Vikings. Vikings ended up winning the division because the Niners basically stopped kind of worrying about it because they'd already clinched home field advantage back in 94. That was my first Viking game in, in attendance. I got to see the 49ers before they won the Super Bowl in 94. I got to see Steve Young and Jerry Rice for a few minutes anyway, at least a quarter. Uh, Washington and Philadelphia, though, still has playoff implications because the Washington Redskins, I just called them Redskins again, the Washington football team or whatever they are, might finish 7-9 and nine if they're able to beat the icky, yucky, crappy Philadelphia Eagles tonight. And they'll be in the wild card with at least a semi-respectable 7-9 and nine record. Otherwise, the, the New York Giants win the division with a 6-10 and 10 record. Just fantastic stuff, right? <laughs> Freaking crazy. So that's why the show's release will probably drag into tomorrow, unfortunately. So at least it's not a Monday night football game. That's all over. No more Monday night. That's the one thing. I mean, there are playoff implications in that game. If the Giants lost, Washington would have clinched it, I believe. Nope, nope, Dallas. Dallas would have been still alive. So, yeah. It's like you're going to wait either way to see which crappy team finally wins the NFC East. Woohoo! It's almost like who cares? They're going to lose, right? But no, not necessarily. You don't know. I mean, Seattle went in the playoffs years ago with a 7-9 record, and they beat the Saints. So, things happen. Things happen. Let's get to the Vikings of Detroit. Detroit finishes 5-11. and 11. Vikings finish 7-9. So, woohoo, we're third place. That's great. Uh, third place doesn't mean anything in the NFC North because, uh, well, you're third of four teams. That's not that great. Nice numbers, though, for a lot of people. Uh, Mike Boone had about 19 goal line smashes and didn't get in. And then ultimately went to Kirk Cousins, luckily. <laughs> he got in with a quarterback sneak. That's nice. At least he got in. At least he got in for a touchdown. Nice statistics for Kirk Cousins today. Again, so four total touchdowns for Kirk. If you happen to have him on fantasy, I'm pretty sure most fantasy leagues would be done by now because week 17, certain players aren't going to play, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes and stuff. Or if they play, it's just for limited time for the heck of it. Yeah, so yeah, obviously the Super Bowls were probably wrapped up last week. Alexander Madison. See, this is what this is what I believe he could be. You know, the 21 rushes, 95 yards, four and a half a carry. He's not going to do it every game, but, you know, off and on, he's going to have solid games like that if he was a starting running back in the league. I know he's not Delvin Cook, but he's solid. Uh, Cook, obviously, again, did not play today with the death of his father. So it was a family emergency, family issue type of thing. It ended up being the death of his father at a pretty young age. So that's disappointing. That's sad. Uh, Hall of Fame watch, Adrian Peterson, only seven rushes, but scampered for 38 on one of the plays. Went up with 63 total yards and got into the end zone for touchdown number 118. He is way up at the top with that one, but fourth overall in total rushing yards. And, of course, the New York Jets... Uh, <laughs> New York Jets' Frank Gore also is number third all-time. Adrian Peterson is actually fifth all-time, pardon me, uh, behind the legendary Barry Sanders. Think about what Barry Sanders' numbers would have been, though, if he, if he played till he was 35 or something, like, uh, you know, Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, Adrian Peterson, guys like that, Frank Gore. If Barry Sanders played till he was 35, he'd probably have all the all the numbers. He probably would. Uh, Justin Jefferson wound up with 133 today, did not get in the end zone. Unfortunately, the ball was uh, it was a play that just didn't happen, unfortunately. Alexander Madison had a 28-yard scamper for a touchdown. Catch-and-go type of thing, screen play. He went all the way, and he caught all of his targets. Madison can play. He absolutely can. Uh, total yardage for him today, 145. Not bad, eh? And again, that touchdown, uh, two touchdowns total, so he would have been a good fantasy player if fantasy mattered today. Uh, Marvin Jones would have had over 200 yards today also and three touchdowns if he didn't have a ball uh, turned back on him. <sighs> they believe that the 
when the ball they believe uh, the the referees believe that the the ground basically caused the ball to bounce, so that means that he never had control of the ball. Where Marvin Jones and the announcers uh, would argue that it was actually the inside of his elbow, you know, that elbow pit, you could say, is what uh, when that when his elbow hit the ground, his arm pushed the ball upward, and then he was able to cradle it for a touchdown. So, I don't know. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the Vikings actually won today was to play like that, getting overturned as Detroit ended up having to settle for a field goal at the end of the day with that one. It is what it is, you know. It, it just kind of is what it is. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. Uh, Dan Bailey, he may have to be uh, looking for a job. We'll see what happens. Uh, he missed an extra point, like, as wide as it gets. Uh, missed a 46-yard field goal, kind of like the way a field goal misses, I guess. Field goal, the way kickers miss, I guess. He got the chip shot, 23-yarder, and he made four out of five extra points, but that late one, which put it would have put the Vikings ahead by nine, ended up being a pretty disgusting miss. Like, we're talking just garbage, absolutely garbage. Um, Amir Abdullah had some moments today. He did get in the end zone again. One of those receiving little scampers. A la Chester Taylor type play. Uh, scored two touchdowns this season, both against the Lions, so that's adorable. He got to do things against his former club. Harrison Smith got an interception, was very solid in the game. Anthony Harris on paper looks good with the eight tackles and two pass deflections, but he's not good. Uh, the touchdown he gave up early on was pretty bad. He turned his back to the ball, you know, and they talked about that, how he moved his head, and then next thing you know, it's just too late. Once, once you kind of turn away like that, you're bleeped. If the ball's coming in your direction, you're dead. If the ball's not coming in your direction, I guess you can get away with that. Like, who cares then? But, boy, uh, that was a bad one. Again, on paper, it looks good. Look, like, yeah, Anthony Harris did fine. But if you actually watched the game, as Mike Zimmer might say, he would say, you saw the game. <laughs> yeah, he didn't play well. Anthony Harris, chances of returning anywhere near the salary that he got this year with a franchise tag. Hey, it's not going to happen. Uh, if he comes back, it would have to be a big discount and a uh, pay cut and all that. And Well, we all know how athletes are. They want their money, and I, I understand why. You're risking your life. You're risking your uh, health moving forward as like a 40-something-year-old. Once you get into the 40s, things start hurting that didn't hurt before uh, in a big way. Even in your mid-30s, it starts hurting like hell, certain things. But uh, concussions and ankles and knees and all that, boy, I can't even imagine how messed up that can get. Uh, I can talk about ankles and wrists a bit, but uh, some of that other stuff, thank God, no. Thank you, Lord. Knock on wood. Okay. But you know, it's kind of a fun game to watch if you like offense. It's kind of fun. You know, Matthew Stafford was, was really good and all that. Really solid. Uh, Anthony Harris also dropped a gimme of an interception. He had two chances at it. He had it in his chest and the numbers, and then he had it possibly like the bounce, the ricochet before it hit the ground, and he dropped it both times, which is kind of funny. So Stafford would have actually had two interceptions. Cousins could have easily had one if uh, defensive lineman on uh, Detroit could have brought that sucker in. But that's just how that goes, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, Raglan looked pretty good on some of those run stops, uh, those goal line stops on uh, Boone there. Boone had multiple, multiple opportunities. Boy, they wanted to get Boone in the end zone, didn't they, Mike Boone? He's a good, he's a good solid running back. He's another guy who could get good numbers if he was given an opportunity to have the ball more often, like a third down running back or even a starter somewhere, but I don't know. Detroit's kind of like that right now. Where he could maybe start for Detroit, depending on how you feel about DeAndre Smith. Swift, pardon me. Adrian Peterson, very limited, but good good game for him at the end of the day. 
It was a fun, entertaining passing game for Minnesota, but still solid running game for it with Mike Boone and Alexander Madison. Jefferson got to be featured, and he was fantastic. People talking about Jefferson, you know, like wanting out because of this and that. It could be because of the big plays that they're denying him by running the ball too much, but they certainly target him a lot. I mean, they know who their, who their star receiver is. Adam Zeeland's good, and he's going to get the ball often, but not as much as Justin Jefferson. Unless it's just one of those games where they're over-covering Jefferson and, and Thielen's open all the time, then yeah. And Thielen's just flat out on his game. Then Thielen might go out for 180 or something, you know, with like 13 catches or something and a couple of touchdowns. That's how that goes. Uh, man, what's up with Matt Prater and Dan Bailey? They're both missing extra points today. It's kind of sad. Um, but no, uh, Jefferson, obviously, wonderful future. The fear is that he could be another Diggs in terms of not like attitude necessarily, but just like frustrated with the uh, offensive focus. Just run, 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 pass. Run, 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 pass. Where that could drive people crazy. Uh, why not pass, run, pass, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, which it seems to be like the Kansas City Chiefs type of offenses and such. That's how that goes. Um, Looks like the Rams are in the postseason. Arizona's kaput. Arizona is kaput. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, there I go bouncing around Chicago. I guess Chicago made it, didn't they? Huh. Well, the NFC's... The NFC's not set because you got to have your division champ first with Washington or the New York Giants. The New York Giants might actually make the playoffs. The New York Giants might make the playoffs if Washington loses to Philly tonight, which is kind of funny. I don't know. Uh... The defense obviously needs work. You've got to have guys come back. The offensive line needs a ton of work, obviously. Kirk Cousins puts up good numbers, this and that, but it seems like all the time when you need the big play, the big moment, he magically gets sacked. Uh, and he put up the good numbers today, but it's Detroit. I mean, this is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl, right? What if we're in a big game? You know, this is Detroit, man. That's why you're getting the good numbers. But against, you know, the Saints or something. Okay, Kirk Cousins put up numbers against the Saints. So that's a bad example. But like a Tampa Bay, it just was, we got to absolutely obliterate it. This and that. Um, need some pass protection uh, in, in, in the worst way. Does it involve Cleveland going to left tackle? Does it involve Cleveland staying there and the Vikings take a tackle? I guess it all depends on how the Vikings approach this draft. Uh, you got to go with the offensive line if possible. Pray to God for a quarterback if possible. Trading up, slipping around this and that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes went 10th overall in the 2017 draft. He went 10th overall. So the best quarterback might not be the number one overall pick. As much as everyone believes the number one overall pick is the best quarterback in the draft, sometimes it just doesn't turn out that way. You know, I mean, sometimes it doesn't. Tim Couch, I thought, was a can't miss. I've brought up that name 100 million times. I might be driving you crazy with that one. But you could go on all day with all the quarterbacks that everybody thought was going to be a superstar, and then they just kind of weren't. Miles Garrett was a pretty damn good player. No question about that. In 2017, damn good defensive end, but I'm sure thinking the Cleveland Browns would have loved to have, uh, they would absolutely love to have Patrick Mahomes instead of uh, Baker Mayfield. I'm sure they would, even though Miles Garrett's a hell of a player. Mitchell Trubisky, number two overall. I mean, think about it. What if the Bears are Patrick Mahomes right now? Or the San Francisco 49ers? You know, because, oh my God, oh, they fleeced. They fleeced the Bears. Oh, they fleeced them. Yeah, but you could have had Patrick Mahomes in San Francisco. You, you could have had him. San Francisco and Patrick Mahomes, who would have won the Super Bowl last year. It wouldn't have been the Chiefs. It would have been the 49ers, for sure. For sure. Because that defense is great, and you have the best quarterback in football. 
you know, under center, it's game over, man. San Francisco is a dynasty again, just like the just like the good old '80s and maybe the early '90s a little bit. Man, there were some damn good players in that draft that weren't there. Mm -mm. Christian McCaffrey, super talented. Mike Williams, pretty good. Jamal Adams, the Jets. Okay, let's stay off of that for now. Leonard Fournette, not necessarily. He's on Tampa Bay. That's kind of funny. All of those guys could have had Patrick Mahomes. So it's like stuff like that. He went 10th, so it, it happens. It happens. Uh, how many quarterbacks went ahead of Patrick Mahomes? Only Mitchell Trubisky. See, it's funny how people aren't too excited. Oh, the quarterbacks are just okay. You know, Watson obviously is pretty good, but is he a franchise changing like super legend? Not necessarily. But once in a while, that quarterback, if you can if you can identify him, some you know, th good things could happen. Honest to God, and that's what you gotta hope for. You know, that's you gotta hope for for Minnesota with you know the fields and the you know, he could just go on forever. Offensive rookie of the year was Alvin Kamara, Tom Brady MVP, blah 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 blah, and the Super Bowl champion freaking Eagles. Don't remind me. Don't go there. <laughs> Don't go there. Vikings didn't even pick in the first round that year, did we? I don't think we did. I don't think we did that year, no. Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, yeah, yep, that was when we took, uh, oh, yeah, 17, of course. Yeah, no, we didn't because we traded for the Sam Bradford. Eagles ended up getting uh, whoever they got. It's Derek Barnett and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the Eagles did what they did. Who cares about the Eagles at this point? <laughs> they won the Super Bowl. I'm sure they're happy. We ended up getting Cook. Yeah, that was, of course, before that wonderful season for Minnesota that didn't end well. So it's like you just kind of look at the history of the Vikings, the finishes, this and that, and it's just here we go again, another 7-9, and nine, and then, oh, we're good again. We're 11-5, and five, but then we can't get past the divisional round if we get past the wild card round. Or we get upset by frickin' Washington like a 92. That was just disgusting. I mean, that was the beginning of my pain and heartbreak with the Vikings. I really liked that 92 team. Rich Gannon. And then we put Sean frickin' Salisbury in instead of Rich Gannon, which Rich Gannon's still bitter about that one, and I understand that. Stupid, stupid move, Dennis Green. I don't know. Sean Salisbury is about as exciting as a Salisbury steak. They're not that good, at least in my opinion. Some people love them. I don't think that highly of them. It's like the meatloaf trying to be steak. It's not very exciting. That's about what Sean Salisbury was to me as a quarterback. So, <laughs> Rich Gannon was a bit more exciting, even though he wasn't spectacular with us. But look, look, look at what he wound up being with, you know, Kansas City, Washington, obviously Washington first, Kansas City, and ultimately with the Oaktown Raiders. He was pretty damn good. Took him to the Super Bowl. League MVP. He was a hell of a quarterback. I mean, you saw something in Rich Gannon. I saw something in 92. I didn't see a superstar, but I saw a good player. Good, good quarterback. Decent. Better than Salisbury. See, it's stuff like that. You end up getting beat by freaking Washington, who wasn't in, wasn't anything special. Then he got trounced by San Francisco in the next round. 14-2 and 49ers, who ended up losing to Dallas. Yuck. Hated that. I wanted San Francisco. Hate Dallas. Um, and we all know what happened the next three out of four years there. Yuck. City. Freaking Dallas. Oof. Yep. <laughs> Hope they never win a Super Bowl again. <laughs> ever. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's just, that's how it goes. That that was kind of, 92 was a perfect introduction to the Minnesota Vikings to yours truly. It really was. 11-5, and five, very solid team, one of the best defenses in the league, takeaways up the you-know-what, Terry Allen, 17 touchdowns, one of the best running backs in football, Chris Carter emerging on the scene, showing everybody that he does a lot more than just catch touchdowns, Buddy Ryan. And man, he ended up being a great player. 
and being an absolutely great player. Uh, again, you know, Todd Scott, all those good defensive players on that team. John Randall, Henry Thomas, you could go on all day. Al Noga. <clears throat> and you get beat by a meh uh, Washington team. Yes, they won the Super Bowl the year before. Washington Redskins at the time, yes. They won the Super Bowl the year before, but they weren't even close to a Super Bowl contender. And it's just, that was the beginning. And that's pretty much the Vikings in a nutshell, that 92 season. All that promise, all that excitement. You finish 11-5, and five, though, you probably would have gotten beaten by Dallas or San Francisco. That's the annoying part. You know, yay, we were the number three seed. 94. Exciting. Wow, we got Warren Moon instead of Jim McMahon now. Here we go. Now it's for real. Terry Allen's back, too. And you even have Robert, well, whatever, forget that guy. But you have Terry Allen back. Robert Smith got better the next year. <laughs> and what happened? What happened? We got, you know, we were okay, and we finished 10 and 6 and won the division, and meh. And, you know, we weren't we weren't going to beat San Francisco or Dallas, and everybody knew it. And we didn't beat even, we didn't even beat Chicago. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's the Vikings. That's been the Vikings history, and that's where this 7 and 9 stuff just kind of comes back to a head again. Yay, 7-9. and nine. So if you're going to suck and miss the playoffs, you finish 7-9. and nine. So you get to pick in the middle round, you know, middle of the first round rather than higher. But again, this is where Minnesota needs to make the move so we're not like the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in the past. So where the Chiefs finally broke out of, you know, the same type of thing. The Chiefs were never really bad. They were always okay, kind of hanging around, and they'd make the playoffs, and they'd choke. They'd have a great, you know, whenever they have a great record, then they'd find a way to blow it in the division round or the conference final or whatever. And that's just kind of how that goes at the end of the day when, yeah, yeah, you know, teams like the Chiefs and the Vikings were kind of like identical twins, the AFC and the NFC. Uh, but then they made that move. They made the daring move, and they wound up with Patrick Mahomes, and, well, now they might win multiple Super Bowls. In fact, odds are very much favoring the Kansas City is going to get at least two or three in the Patrick Mahomes era with Andy Reid and blah, blah, blah. Who knows how many Super Bowl rings Patrick Mahomes is going to get? Who knows? We, we don't know what the future holds, if he's going to stay healthy or what, blah, blah, blah. But odds are he probably will. It's going to be an entertaining brand of football for many years for Chiefs fans alike. Ah, oh, Miami didn't make it. Ah, oh, Miami didn't make it. Ah, oh, Miami didn't make it. Oh, that sucks. I feel bad about that, actually. Damn, they lost, didn't they? Miami didn't make it. Damn, I feel bad about that. Um, we'll talk about that in the second segment. <laughs> My apologies, but generally speaking, again, this was just another one of those, another one of those seasons. You know, it's cute that we won this last game. It was entertaining to a point. Nice to see guys play well, but at the end of the day, it's just kind of empty. And you're just kind of stuck, hoping for the best, hoping this team can make the right move. If we're going to gamble, if we're going to make a trade, it's not even gambling, but a kind of gambling. If you're going to be aggressive and try to make the big, big move, make the exciting move, make the right one, please, for the love of God. The Teddy Bridgewater one was interesting. Would he have gotten us over the hump? I don't know. I don't know, but he would have made less mistakes, I guess, than Cousins. Might not have put up the sexy numbers like Cousins, but he might have made less mistakes and you know, maybe he could have gotten some more first downs, though he wouldn't have gotten with Kirk Cousins' lack of mobility, even though he showed it on occasion in certain games, like Jacksonville, which is kind of funny. Jacksonville. We barely beat Jacksonville. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, but 7-9, and nine, here we are, and here we are again. That's basically where Mike Zimmer started, 7-9, and nine, 
after a pretty yucky season the year before with a tie and the what were we like six six nine and one or five five nine and one that's what we were right five ten and one pretty crappy year but we had the tie with Green Bay where they had uh, no quarterback and we had like no quarterback either that year it was a pretty nasty year in 2013 Christian Ponder gave us the best chance to win remember remember that <laughs> that's where we stand. Right in the middle of mediocrity once again. Mediocrity to below average to above average. Just good, but not great. Mediocre, but not bad. Uh, it is what it is. What, what more is there to say? Well, I'll hear from you later on. And, of course, we'll look at the postseason now. Postseason preview. Look at some of the other games around the league, but mostly, of course, looking at how things stack up. And I'll get my predictions out there, if humanly possible. Uh, at the end of the day, but before I step away, I better give out the awards for today's show. Anyway, the Fran Tarkington Award for today's particular show, it's got to be Kirk Cousins. It's going to be, well, it's going to be Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Obviously, great numbers by Kirk Cousins. He had that weird mental gaffe, but great numbers by Kirk Cousins. It doesn't mean he's the quarterback, the answer of the Super Bowl team, but maybe if you have a great O-line and everything works out just perfect, just one time, okay, woohoo, you know, there you go. Yay, maybe we'll win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins, and we have the best defense ever, too. And Jefferson's, you know, 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns. That would be great, too. But uh, Justin Jefferson's the other guy, obviously, getting the Targington Award because of such a an amazing rookie season and again, a great performance today to go out and get it. Just showed that he wanted it, and he got it, boy. He got within striking distance last week, and he got it. Congratulations, Justin Jefferson. The... Christian Ponder Memorial's got to go to Anthony Harris, and he's been a massive disappointment this season, which is foreshadowing the State of the Vikings 2021 as to what award he might be getting. He'll certainly be a strong candidate for it. It won't be a pretty award. It won't be a very pretty one. It's got a nice picture, uh, a nice image of Christian Ponder sculpted into it. Yeah, good stuff. With that said, we'll take a quick break. Uh, and well, no, just urban legends are, are the urban legend of this show is why do we always magically win games that we don't need? I don't know. We just do. With that said, I'll shut up now, and we'll be back for some playoff conversation after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, looking across the league into the playoff predictions and playoff seedings and all that good stuff. The AFC is completely set. The NFC just has Washington and the New York Giants kind of like, you know, it depends on if the Washington football team or Redskins or whatever you want to call them, Washington Red Tails, I'll call them the Washington football team, uh, win against the Eagles. They're up 10 to nothing at this moment. So I'm going to keep going because... At first, I was thinking, oh boy, this could really mess things up, playoff implications, but it's pretty much the winner of, yeah, I mean, the winner of the game is going to end up playing Tampa anyway. They'll be hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they're a division champ, even though the Bucks are 11-5. and five. So I feel comfortable and confident about what's going to happen there to continue on rather than have to kind of sit and wait it out until tomorrow morning or something. There's just no necessary need for that. Anyway, we'll start in the AFC anyhow, and of course, we'll probably get a better and better indicator as to the chances of that Washington football team actually getting that game. And I think it's probably going to be them. I'm going to assume it. So, of course, we're going to cite Yahoo Sports for all the brackets and all that good stuff. Again, the Giants still hanging by a thread, of course, 
with a win over Dallas, eliminating the Cowboys. Kansas City Chiefs, shock of the decade, have the number one seed in the AFC. But let's look over the scores as well, if humanly possible. I'd like to have that up a different way. I'm going to kind of bounce around real quick here just to get things started. But again, the Chiefs did wrap up the number one seed last week with their 14th win. Here we go. This is perfect. This is all I really need. Then I can just kind of scroll and keep going. Of course, though, I thought Buffalo Bills. Let's go back over this way. <laughs> it makes more sense. Yeah, I don't want to have all these other scores up there like the Timberwolves right now, which are flashing in the background, and they're playing very well against Denver, and now the Nuggets are in an 8-0 run, and yeah, you know, you know how that goes. A rematch of the, two, of the 1992 AFC title game, January 1993, of course. Buffalo Bills beat the Dolphins in that game. Would have liked to see the Dolphins go to the Super Bowl that year. I like the Buffalo Bills right now. I'm amazed. 13-3. and This probably could be the best Buffalo Bills team of all time. I mean, considering as good as those four teams were. Now, that might be the craziest thing ever, but this is, in a way, if only the stinking Chiefs weren't still there and weren't still super good, this could have been the best, this could be the best chance the Chiefs ever have of winning the Super Bowl. Excuse me, the Buffalo Bills have to win the Super Bowl because they absolutely can. They absolutely can do it this year. Matt Barkley is the backup quarterback. He got in the game as this was such an absolute blowout. Tua threw three interceptions. You didn't get to see Fitz Magic out there, who's actually got over 30,000 yards passing. Pretty crazy throughout his career when I was messing around looking at history. Dolphins ended up missing the playoffs 10-6, and six, so they're the eighth seed. They're the infamous eighth seed in the AFC, which means absolutely nothing. 10-6. and six. Kind of sad, but they got a chance at something. Buffalo Bills 13-3, and three, though. They wrap up that number two seed. Absolutely kicking butt. Very happy for uh, his, uh, for Stefan Diggs and others like that. Uh, Josh Allen, guys like that. Josh Allen's an actual MVP candidate, but there's a pretty good shot as to who's going to get it. And he's not the most liked guy in this town, unfortunately, but that's how it goes. Stefan Diggs, 76 yards, did not get in the end zone. Isaiah McKenzie with two touchdowns to lead the way in the scoring, along with Antonio Williams rushing in twice. Josh Allen, very, very good game. Even with the interception, still wound up with a quarterback rating of 122.3. Tua did throw for 361 yards in the blowout loss to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills just stomped all over them. They, they really did. 56-26. Let's move on. Another trouncing Baltimore crushed Cincinnati to ensure themselves a playoff berth as well. Cincinnati dropped to 4-11-1 on the season, and they'll be looking for somebody to help protect the quarterback or whatever the heck they need. Wide receiver... <clears throat> Who knows? A little bit of anything right now in Cincinnati. Probably better defense. 38-3. to Just an absolute stomping. Baltimore, despite their up and down, up and down, up and down season, make the playoffs just fine. Lamar Jackson threw three touchdowns and only 113 yards. Pretty funny. Because uh, J.K., he was just kidding, right? J.K. Dobbins ran for 160 yards and two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, 97 yards rushing. Almost as many as he threw passing in the game. Jeez, the guy's crazy good. But, uh, you know, he obviously had some crappy moments earlier in the season. But that's just how it goes. Brandon Allen was pretty much a handoff machine in the game. In a game they were losing the whole time anyway. 48 yards passing, a couple INTs, a quarterback rating of zero for Cincinnati. That's just about all you got to say. Baltimore whooped up on Cincinnati, and you just kind of move on. They finished second place in that pretty strong, solid division. That's just how you go there. Cleveland Browns. Staying alive, staying alive, ha ha, staying alive. Third place, 11-5 and five record, third place. As they finish behind the uh, the old Browns, the new Browns finish behind the old Browns. Pittsburgh Steelers end up losing like three out of their last X amount of games here. 
Not a good finish to the season. I do not think the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the verge of a playoff run. 12-4 and finish despite an amazing undefeated run earlier in the season. Chiefs just came roaring past them, but do not finish 15-1. and We'll get back to that in a moment. Nice win for Cleveland as they kind of are going backwards into the playoffs as well. I don't know, man. It's just a crying shame. Baker Mayfield is average as it gets. Mason Rudolph, because the Steelers really just kind of didn't have a whole lot to play for in the game anyway. They'd wrap it up their division. They're going to be what they're going to be, kind of like the, the Vikings last year as you got to see uh, Sean Mannion throw for like 60 yards. Mason Rudolph's better than Sean Mannion. He threw for 315. Still almost won the game, if you can believe it. Chase Claypool, another big, big game for the rookie. Nick Chubb ran all over those Steelers. Baker Mayfield also, 44 yards on the ground. They kind of played like they needed the game, and they damn well did. It's about time Cleveland got to the playoffs again, and it's the best record they've ever had with this new uh, version of the Browns, the version that's kind of like the wicked step, or the, not the wicked, but the red-headed stepchild. I don't know. How about, let's call it orange-helmeted stepchild, which is what they've been pretty much compared to the uh, the old Browns. Even though I'm a huge fan, I really like Cleveland, man. I want them to win. Love their uniforms. Absolutely love their uniforms and want to see them succeed. Yep. Hopefully they can get their heads on straight and make a nice little playoff run here. We'll see. Cody Parkey, well, he made all of his kicks, and Matthew Wright also. Matthew Wright was the right choice. <laughs> But Cleveland won and made the playoffs. That's good. New York New York Jets versus the New, uh, New England Patriots. The Jets end up finishing 2-14 and 14 in what will be uh, Mr. Gaze's last uh, coaching gig in the NFL, most likely his last day with the Jets anyway, but probably his last coaching gig in the league. 2-14, uh, and 14, just end the season, and they just ended the season. Now we could put that past tense. And the Patriots are just like Minnesota. Hey, Patriots and Vikings, both are 7-9. and nine. All is right with the world. You know, everything will be just fine. You got Cam Newton and Kirk Cousins leading the way, and Cam Newton had a great game, and he whooped up on the Jets, and the Vikings whooped up, uh, Kirk Cousins whooped up all on Detroit. I'm feeling so good. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, the Vikings just, uh, hey, you know, Kirk Cousins just threw four touchdown passes, and or no, 300 touchdown passes and 400 yards, and you're talking about, like, he's, a, he's, he's bad? No, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying he's not good in big games. Sure, sure he's going to whoop up on Detroit, and teams like that, of, of course he's going to do that sometimes. No, yeah, of, of course he's going to do it, just like Cam Newton kind of was all over this uh, Jets team. Sure, because the Jets are the Detroit Lions of their division over there in the East. There's a guy named Lamar Jackson on the uh, Jets defense. That's kind of funny. It's hilarious. Whatever. This game means absolutely nothing. It's just the Patriots finish 7-9 and nine because, you know, it's still a game. You still got to go out and play, you know. You still got to go out and play. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to give it everything we got. <laughs> That's that's great. Uh, that's great. I'm glad they won for that. Go team. The Giants almost became the worst uh, division champion in the history of the NFL with a 6-10 and record. 6-10 and and you make the playoffs? <laughs> well, if the Washington football team keeps doing what they're doing, they're going to win the division after such a putrid, horrible, disgusting start to the season. They're going to have those kind of cool-looking uniforms and collector's item shirts and everything and collector item hats and helmets and blah, blah, blah. Those things are going to be uh, going into the postseason for at least a week to uh, to uh, host the Tampa Bay Bucks. We'll see what happens there. New York Giants, at least I think so. Unless the New York Giants are going to end up being the worst division champ in history. They beat Dallas, surviving that. Otherwise, Dallas might have been the playoff team tonight. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. What a nice uh, comeback on a putrid, disgusting season for the Cowboys. It's funny, all three of these teams made like miraculous comebacks. Everybody I'd early on thought it might as well be the Eagles at like 7-9. and nine. 
and the Dolphins had a disappointing game against the Giants, and Daniel Jones had a pretty good game. It was kind of a playoff atmosphere between two teams with, like, double-digit losses. It's just great. Playoff atmosphere with two teams with double-digit losses. Yeah, just shows you. I mean, the Vikings might have made the playoffs. In fact, we would have. Pretty good chance we would have made the playoffs if we played in the NFC East. It's just funny. With that, with that defense, you know, six touchdowns, seven touchdowns total against the Saints rushing. Make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, let's just move on. Congratulations to the Giants temporarily. We'll see what happens. Bucks end up finishing second. In the NFC South, behind the dirty, hated New Orleans Saints with their greatest running back ever. We we know. And then the Falcons suck balls. Okay, that was really inappropriate. They end up finishing 4-12 and in a season where it's like, obviously, they're looking for their new coach. Unless they're going to give Raheem Morris the the, uh, the go, but I, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to go that direction. i got to think they're going to hire somebody completely different. No offense, it's just he's just a mediocre coach going against his former team of the Bucks. I don't know, he's, he's just okay. Brian Hill, how about that? Brian Hill out of Wyoming, huh? Wyoming's finest. 62-yard scamper that did not get in the end zone because he's not that fast. He's just solid. 94 yards total for him. Good job, Brian. Todd Gurley, same amount of rushes and managed 18 yards. Oh, Todd Gurley. Man, he was a superstar just a couple years ago. What is the What the heck? It's amazing how quickly these guys drop off. <clears throat> Except for Adrian, man. Tom Brady's been putting up historic numbers the past couple weeks. And hopefully, for his sake, hopefully it's an indicator as to where things are headed. Because if things are headed in this direction, the Bucks look amazing. I think there's a really good shot this team makes a playoff run this year. And I absolutely believe they will. They have a passing attack that is unbelievable, and Ronald Jones is a pretty good running back, and their defense is pretty good, too. Oh, and by the way, they have Leonard Fournette, who was taken fourth overall just a few years ago. Dominic and Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul. Who's to say this team can't make a massive playoff run this year? Maybe even go to the Super Bowl. They just might. It might be the Battle of the Bays. In fact, uh, just might be the Battle of the Bays. It just might be. Not that I'm uh, foreshadowing anything. But uh, it just might be. Antoine Winfield and all those good guys. Unfortunately, Tyler Johnson's buried beneath the earth pretty much. And you have Antonio Brown, who 138 yards today, targeted 14 times, two touchdowns. Chris Goodwin, two touchdowns, 133 yards. Mike Evans, who had that unbelievable game against us. Rob Gronkowski, who's had all kinds of spectacular numbers throughout his career. And he's been a Super Bowl hero. And young Mr. Tyler Johnson, hopefully he can get something. Ryan up the former chief, maybe going against his former team in the Super Bowl. You just never know. You just never know. But the Bucks looking good at the right time. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about the pack in Chicago later in a second. Las Vegas versus Denver, another one of those games that doesn't mean a whole lot. It's just two teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. And Las Vegas finished 500. Woohoo. They beat a crappy Bronco team. Sorry, uh, Gerald String, who likes the Broncos. They're, you know, it's in the, Terrell Davis is not walking through that door. John Elway is not walking through that. Okay, you get the idea. <clears throat> Drew Locke threw a lot of numbers, threw for a lot of yards and everything. I thought the whole thing just crashed on me again. Because I almost lost the file for the show, by the way. But luckily it was recovered. Just so you know, the first segment was almost lost. <clears throat> Think about that. Derek Carr with another Derek Carr type game. Lots of yards, multiple interceptions, multiple touchdowns. Clark Carson Palmer type performance again. You know, so one week he's good, the next week he's not that good. Josh Jacobs, multiple touchdowns. Melvin Gordon had a few moments, obviously pretty good. Drew Luck threw a ton of yards and had a, actually had a great game. His best game so far as a pro pretty much against a hated rival. 
with the uh, with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Jerry Judy with 140 yards receiving. Good for him for the uh, Denver Broncos. Let's quickly move on because it doesn't matter at this point. They eight and eight, uh, eight and eight Raiders, five and eleven Broncos. That's all there's to say. Indiana, Indianapolis, pardon me, hosted Jacks. They hosted Jacks and they finished one and fifteen and. Well, there you go. Trevor Lawrence, welcome to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Congratulations, unless he's going to demand a trade to the to the Giants or the Jets or something. We'll see what happens. Who knows? But they finished 1-15, and they almost beat the Vikings in U.S. Bank Stadium. Wrap your head around that. Indianapolis Colts 11-5. and five. The AFC is outstanding. They are the worst. <laughs> they would have missed the playoffs. Would you believe that? They would have missed the playoffs if not for the seventh seed. That's how crazy tough the AFC is. Seventh seed. They're going to be a tough opponent for the Buffalo Bills coming up next week. It's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. But they beat the Jaguars and nobody got hurt, I hope, for the sake of the uh, Indianapolis Colts. They decided to uh, run the ball and uh, it worked very, very, very favorably for the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor ran for 253 yards on the ground. That's amazing. Just amazing. Naheem Hines with six catches. On those screen passes, one up with 50 yards. No touchdowns, unfortunately. He also ran for 17. But uh, Jonathan Taylor was the story in that game. Fascinating stuff. 253 yards on the ground. Still didn't get six touchdowns or anything, though, so he sucks. You know, how did the L.A. Chargers finish 7-9? Seven, uh, seven and nine? They felt like they were going to be like two, uh, 4-12 and 12 or something this year. They finished 7-9. and nine. And it still doesn't mean anything, does it? It doesn't mean anything. They're just 7-9 and nine and they're picking later in the draft. Kansas City did a did a 94 Niners and realized, you know, 15 to 1's cute and everything, but we don't want to see people getting hurt. So they went very much uh, second and third team here throughout the entire game. Congratulations to Justin Herbert. I guess he's probably the rookie of the year. It's between, between him and Justin Jefferson. It's an absolute honor to have a Minnesota Viking in the top two for rookie of the year conversation, but it's probably going to be Justin Herbert. Three touchdowns against the uh, Chiefs' second team, I guess. Chad Henney, the former Dolphin and Jaguar, who's got a pretty decent arm. It's a couple touchdowns. Actually, pretty good game, actually, for him when you consider it. Solid game. Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson. Sounds like an old running back like Daryl Thompson in the Gophers, right, years ago. But uh, <clears throat> if my head is screwed on straight, he led the team, uh, the Chiefs, that is, in rushing and receiving. Again, they pay, They went absolutely second and third team in this game. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, they were very careful not to get injured because I mean, when you have a team that's this good, you don't want to have somebody have an ankle rolled up and then he's done. You know, it's snapped and that's it. So the Chiefs finish 14-2, and two, number one seed in the AFC. Blah, blah, blah. They'll be off next week. We'll see you choke against the Buffalo Bills or something. We'll see. Hopefully the Bills do beat them, honestly. Uh, Arizona, playoff implications between their division rival Los Angeles Rams, and the Los Angeles Rams did what L.A. teams do. They won. L.A. teams always seem to win games like this. The big city always seems to knock down the uh, somewhat smaller market of Arizona. It's not that small, but it's smaller than Los Angeles because everybody except New York is smaller than L.A. <laughs> Ten and six finish for the NFC champions of 2018, looking to make some kind of magic happen, which I truly doubt, but it's a good it's a good team. Good super good defense. You, you don't see the explosive offense. Jared Goff is not see that's another one. You know, he's the number one pick in the draft who isn't that great. 
He's not that great. That's just a fact. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how great Trevor Lawrence is going to be. We'll see. Um, I don't know. That year was a weird one, wasn't it, in 2017? It was a weird draft. Hopefully the Vikings get the right quarterback somehow, some way. But the Los Angeles Rams end up getting it done. And it was not Jared Goff. It was John Wolford in the game. But generally speaking, Jared Goff has not had big moments. Uh, Jonathan Wolford, I guess. <laughs> Kyler Murray was banged up and came back. And it just wasn't the Cardinals' day at all. And it was a pretty boring game, actually. It was pretty crappy. It's a big mess. 18-7. to And the LA Rams make the playoffs without Jared Goff. My bad. Um, and you move forward there. Seattle over San Francisco, barely in the Bay. San Francisco 49ers finish 6-10. and 10. And they'll be looking at uh, quarterback or something. We'll see what happens. But they don't seem to be too infatuated with Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. They were so good last year. San Francisco was awesome last year. And I enjoyed it. And I wanted them to beat the Chiefs. And they almost did. And they didn't. And Seattle finished 12-4. and four, A team that a lot of people have winning the NFC this year. I don't know about that. I actually did have them playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, who would go back-to-back in the Super Bowl. Might have a different uh, team in the NFC going to the final. My God, what happened to the Wolves? Once Denver went on that cute little run, that was it. Oof, duh. 121-104 right now. Yeah, well, that's why I was able to just switch over. You could just feel it. You could feel the tidal wave coming. What a great fourth quarter, Wolves and Nuggets, and it was not great. C.J. Beathard, yep, he, you know, he's better than that Crick and Mullins, but he's not that great. Russell Wilson was careful but solid in the game. Another game with just not good numbers, really. Just kind of, I mean, luckily they spread the ball all over, which is cute and everything. San Francisco and Seattle, but bottom line, Seattle won, and they're the, you know, they're they're in the they're in the playoffs and blah blah blah. New Orleans Saints, I believe they're the number two seed. They should be. Carolina just stinks, too. They're 4-11. Not sure what they're going to do with uh, Teddy there. Teddy had some good moments and then got more and more mediocre as the season continued. But also, again, with no Christian McCaffrey, the uh, Carolina Panthers aren't going to be that dangerous. They're just not. Because they don't have a whole lot of other spectacular weapons. They're 12-4 New Orleans Saints, 12-4 Seattle Seahawks. May they both lose in the first round. That would be terrific. I don't care who beats them. As long as they lose in the first round, I'll be happy. 33-7. to seven. That's just pretty much all you have to say there. Drew Brees putting up 201 yards. Good numbers. Again, his throwing arm is pretty much kaput. So we'll see what happens. I don't think they're going to any Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carolina's just awful, putrid game. Two interceptions by Teddy. Three interceptions by somebody called P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker, who was not good earlier in the year either. Not good early in the year either. Five interceptions by the uh, Carolina quarterbacks. Oof, duh. Oof. That is, uh, that is rotten. Rotten to the core. Tennessee Titans wrapping things up and making the playoffs, screwing around with a crappy 4-12 and Houston Texans team, but they're 11-5, and and they won their division. Did the Tennessee Titans? Aren't we happy? I guess. Well, they won their division, and they're in the playoffs. I'm happy for them. They're the fourth seed, and we'll talk about that playoff seeding now. Sorry for spending so much time on this, but... Well, there's the preview segment that is no longer existing for the Vikings, so we get to talk about the playoffs instead. Tannehill put up respectable numbers to Sean Watson much more, except for the interception. A.J. McCarron, remember when he was the exciting prospect to be a starting quarterback somewhere? Remember? Remember? He's that backup now for Houston. Derrick Henry ran for 250 yards, and he eclipsed the 2,000-yard mark. 
Ryan Tannehill threw for one touchdown and ran in two in the game. A.J. Brown also 151 yards receiving. Some spectacular numbers on the Tennessee side. Man, beautiful stuff. Uh, Derrick Henry, 250 yards. Brandon Cooks also for Houston, Texas, 166 yards and two touchdowns in the air. David Johnson with probably his best game of the year, pretty much. Six yards a carry, 84 yards and a touchdown. Good job, David. It's about freaking time you did something. <laughs> it really is. You know, I think that's it, except for Washington versus Philadelphia, which I need to switch the channel because the Timberwolves got, just got demolished in that fourth quarter after playing super well. That figures. Well, through the Timberwolves, they lost. And, of course, the Washington game's on a commercial. That's great. Tennessee's in. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Are they going to make a run like they did last year? Well, if they do, it'll probably end the way it did last year as well. Maybe not, though. Maybe not. I'd rather see Tennessee. Come on. You know, beat Kansas City, somebody. I, I don't even... I, I have no major dislike for Kansas City. I just want to see somebody else win. You know? I don't want I, I don't want a dynasty. The only dynasty I liked was the Patriots. And even then, I could understand the people being like, okay, it's somebody else's turn. Move on. I, I could understand that. As long as it wasn't Seattle beating them. Because I can't handle that. Just lose my mind. I hate the Seahawks. Just one Super Bowl for the Seahawks was like way was way too much for me. Yep, because I'm just weak. I can't handle it. Looks like Philly has the ball, trailing ten to seven. So okay, I'm sure Philadelphia would enjoy spoiling things and messing it all up. But that's Philly because they're jackasses. AFC Kansas City is the number one seed in the AFC. Shock of the year. They will not play next week. Buffalo Bills will host the Indianapolis Colts. Seed number two versus DC number seven. I predict the Buffalo Bills to win that game and win it pretty easily. Buffalo Bills should beat the Indianapolis Colts, and I'll be very surprised if they don't. I think it's an absolute bummer that, um, I think it's an absolute freaking bummer that Buffalo doesn't have a first-round bye. I think they deserve it. 13-3 and team, they deserve a first-round bye, and they don't get one. But uh, take care of business. Don't screw around with that Colts team. Take care of business. If they lose that game, ooh, that's going to sting. That'll suck. It'll be kind of like what Baltimore did last year. But Baltimore was the number one seed last year, not Kansas City. Don't forget. Once Baltimore was out, it was like KC all the way from there. <clears throat> Boy, that's going to be an interesting matchup coming up. Pittsburgh versus Cleveland is going to be interesting as well. I am 10,000% rooting for the Cleveland Browns. But as long as Roethlisberger is healthy and a lot of those uh, weapons on offense are healthy... I don't have a whole lot of confidence in this Cleveland team to go into Pittsburgh and win, even without the fans in the stands and all that crap. I don't have a lot of confidence, and I I really want Cleveland to win this game. Oh, I want Cleveland to win bad. I'm guessing they won't, though. I'm guessing they won't, and that sucks. Oh, I want Cleveland to win. The crabby part is, though, even if they do, they'd have to play the freaking Chiefs the next week, which is probably a uh, funeral anyway. Uh... Cleveland, I want you to win a playoff game really bad. But I'm picking Pittsburgh, and I don't want to. It pains me to say it. Tennessee versus Baltimore, and this time Tennessee's got home field. Both teams are 11-5. and five. Rematch of the AFC title game in 1999. And no, nope, it was not the AFC title game. It was the divisional round in 1999, but it was the real AFC title game. Because whoever won that game was going to beat the Jaguars. I agree with... Uh, yeah, I've talked about this 100,000 times. And, of course, last year, that huge playoff game, that division round where Tennessee uh, had the upset in the first round over the Patriots, which was pretty crazy. And then they uh, knocked out the 
because yeah, the Patriots were the number three seed last year, which was trouble for them. They knew they were in trouble when they didn't get that first round by. Brady seems to never win those. We'll see if he takes care of business with Tampa, though. Odds are against, but we'll see. I think he'll win the first round, though. Baltimore, I think, I, I, I like the momentum of Baltimore, but Tennessee's got some momentum as well. Like, both of them looking really good going on the postseason. I'm going to pick Baltimore. I've got a good feeling about the Baltimore Ravens. I love the way they've played the last X amount of games. John Harbaugh is a great coach, but so is Verbeel. Uh, for, uh, I just called him Verbeel. God. Ay, ay, ay. Mike Vrabel. I don't know why I keep stuttering and stammering around that one. I keep I, I keep calling him Dick Vermeil or Mike Vermeil. It's Mike Vrabel. So, yep. Vrabel, the former New England Patriot, this and that. Both teams are so well coached. I mean, Harbaugh's got a Super Bowl, and he did a hell of a job doing it. Vrabel's a great coach. I think he could be a Super Bowl coach as well with a teeny bit better personnel. But, of course, you got the best running back in the world. He, he, he is better than Delvin Cook because, well, he stays healthy. He's better than Delvin Cook. It's just bottom line. Uh, Cook was healthy today, but unfortunately, family emergency. It is what it is. But I, I think Henry's a little better. He is unbelievable. Either one, though, you're not going to go wrong with either one as your uh, running back. That's going to be probably the best game of the weekend. You know, you got to think Buffalo's going to be all over Indy. And I got a feeling the Pittsburgh Cleveland game is not going to be a pretty day either. You know, and I'm sad. I, I hope Cleveland comes out and kicks some ass and they hang on to the lead and win. I am praying for that, but I'm picking Pittsburgh, unfortunately. Baltimore, Tennessee should be some epic stuff. Baltimore owes Tennessee one from last year, but of course, Tennessee, there is a winning attitude in that Tennessee Titans team. If Baltimore wins, they'll have to damn earn it, and I am going to actually pick them to win that game. I'm probably going to be wrong, but I will pick the Baltimore Ravens to defeat the Tennessee Titans. So that's the fifth seed moving on, the number two seed moving on. The number two seed would then host the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, boy. Baltimore and Buffalo. Mm-mm-mm. That is a tough freaking matchup. Baltimore would have to host either... Man, that's tough. But I guess division rounds is always hard anyway. Pittsburgh would... Uh, no, Buffalo would host Pittsburgh. Excuse me. Buffalo would host Pittsburgh. And then the other winner would actually go to Kansas City, which could be a very dangerous game for the Chiefs. I think Buffalo will beat Pittsburgh soundly in the division championship and go to the AFC title division round, not division championship. They'll beat Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh, which, yeah, Pittsburgh would, would be beaten easily by Buffalo, I think. They'll win by double-digit points and go to the AFC title game. <clears throat> Chiefs versus Baltimore or Tennessee, I think either one of them could knock the Chiefs off. I got a feeling they could, but... I'm going to have Buffalo and Kansas City in the AFC title game. <clears throat> Kansas City would beat Baltimore or Tennessee, <clears throat> which I am picking Baltimore. But don't get me wrong, though. If if anybody could upset the Chiefs, it's one of those two in, in that division round. Obviously, Pittsburgh couldn't do it. Cleveland couldn't do it. Buffalo, absolutely, it can knock off the Chiefs, though. And I will have the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. Yes, I have the Buffalo Bills defeating the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. I have the Buffalo Bills going to the, meeting the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. I like the momentum. The whole year I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. They probably will, but I'm going to be gutsy here in the uh, first round. And, of course, as things change, this and that, then I adjust the uh, the, the uh, predictions going forward. But I have the Buffalo Bills winning the AFC right now. I, I just have that vibe. This is the original picks going into the postseason. The original pick at the at the beginning of the year was the Chiefs versus the Seattle Seahawks, which actually might not be inaccurate. We'll see. But uh, so Chiefs versus Seattle with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. 
But here at the beginning of the postseason, Buffalo versus KC in the AFC title game instead of Kansas City versus, I think I had Baltimore and Kansas City winning. I'm going to have the Buffalo Bills representing the AFC in the Super Bowl, and we all know how I feel about the AFC versus the NFC right now. So, yeah, (laughs) get your parade route started, Buffalo. Green Bay Packers win the NFC, number one seed in the NFC. (laughs) Packers won. Yeah, that's great. Saints versus Bears, rematch of the NFC Championship game in 2006. Yep, where the Bears put a good trouncing on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, hopefully they do it again. We'll see what happens there. But right now, you can't really go against the New Orleans Saints. If Mitchell Trubisky pulls off a nice upset in that Bears defense, I mean, obviously, if the, the Bears defense would, is what would win the game, not Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Maybe Mitchell Trubisky has the game of his life and everything, but that Bears defense, that pass rush on Drew Brees, that's how the Bears could beat the Saints, and they absolutely can. I just don't think they will. I think the Saints win the freaking game, which sucks, but I think they do. Rams versus Seahawks is going to be a very interesting battle. Of course, if the Bears won, they'd go to Green Bay, and we all know what happened there. Pretty much the same thing that happened today. I didn't even look at that game. I didn't even look at it. So ah, I, I went over it because of the NFC North. I'll go back to that real quick. 35-16. to 16. The Bears trounced, or got trounced all over. They finished 8-8, eight and eight, but they make the playoffs. That's good for them. Uh, Packers 35, and it looks like Aaron Rodgers is the most valuable player. Looks like it. That's what they're saying anyway. Four touchdown passes. Yeah, it's just almost perfect. Trubisky, about what, about what I expect next week. No touchdowns, a turnover, mediocre quarterback rating. This is about what I expect. Some numbers here and there, but that the freaking Saints will just be better and they'll put up, it'll be a pretty lopsided game. Like, you know, 34 to 21. It's going to be something like that, but eh, that sucks. I, I don't like the Saints at all. I'd rather see the Bears win that game, but the Saints will win. Seattle versus the Rams will be a very epic, lower-scoring game. Well, put it this way. If the Seattle Seahawks defense, uh, offense, it's a great offense versus a great defense, basically. Seattle's defense is not good anymore, and the Rams' offense is not good anymore. The Rams' defense is fantastic. Seattle's offense is fantastic. So it's basically it's whichever fantastic side gets the job done and whichever sucky side shows up a little better than the other. <laughs> Most likely Seattle's going to win the game. I mean, the Rams are a pretty weak postseason team, I think. I mean, they are just kind of, eh, you know, they barely made it. And I don't know. They don't look good to me. The defense is is really good. And that's what would get the job done if they can frustrate and fluster Mr. Uh, Russell Wilson. But I have Seattle winning the game, and I don't want to. It's going to be a fairly close game, but Seattle will win in that division battle. Washington. I'm going to assume they're going to win the game, but maybe it's the Giants. But at the end of the day, whoever it is, it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to are going to win the game, and I think soundly. Uh, I think Brady continues his run. He keeps putting up the numbers and all of that. The Giants have their moments. Looks like Philly's ahead. Philadelphia's ahead now. But Washington has the ball with those cool-looking uh, uniforms. Those, I, I like them. I think they should keep those colors with their new... Uh, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Because it looks different than the Redskins. It's similar colors, but not quite the same. Ron Rivera, we'll see what he does. I I hope they win tonight, actually. Just because, even though well, even though the Giants have some interesting players, it would be funny to see a 6-10 and 10 team win a division and make the postseason. But regardless, Tampa Bay is going to beat up the crap out of whichever team they play. Tampa Bay got a nice draw there in the first round. So I guess the Bucks did get a first round bye. Kind of. As long as nobody gets hurt. 
If you get a nice, sizable lead, take Brady the frick out of the game and whoever else. Uh, I think that offense is going to be really fun to watch in the playoffs. I really do. The unfortunate news is with the fifth seed, and unless the Rams somehow beat Seattle, Tampa Bay would have to go to Green Bay. So that kind of sucks. Tampa Bay would have to go to Green Bay. Oh, man, that sucks. So my hopes and my predictions for that are going to be dashed a bit. Boy, Chicago or L.A., let's go. One of you guys knock off Seattle or New Orleans. I'll be very happy for multiple reasons. I hate both of those teams. But unfortunately, yeah, I mean, the odds are they're probably going to win, you know, and that means Tampa Bay has to go to Green Bay right away, which will be an awesome battle, awesome matchup. It's going to be some spectacular stuff. I got a sneaky feeling that Green Bay is not going to win a playoff game this year. I don't know. Or they're going to go to the Super Bowl. It's going to be, they're either going to get, put it this way, Green Bay's either going to get upset right away or they're going to the Super Bowl. And and we'll say what happens. Yeah, you can kind of guess what's going to happen, though. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they're going to beat the Chiefs or the Bills. <laughs> um, oh boy, boy, that's going to be fascinating. It's a fascinating thought process here. Mm. Come on, Rams, beat Seattle. You, you can do it, right? You can do it. <laughs> it's a it's a matchup that's been very you know up and down the past few years. It's been all over the place. Even when Seattle's good or the Rams are good. Seattle's always good, unfortunately. The Rams got good finally a couple of years back. I want to see how those two teams played. It's a it's a that's the one thing that can the one thing that's in the Rams' favor is the fact that it's a divisional game. You know, you know each other super duper well, this and that. And funny things happen in these divisional games. <clears throat> They did beat Seattle on November 15th, 23-16. to 16. And that's about what I'd expect. If they're going to beat Seattle, it'll be something like that. And, and, they lost, and they lost very recently, right after Christmas there on the 27th last week, 20-9. Yep, I remember now. That's when the Rams' hopes of making the playoffs got dashed pretty badly until today. It was like, uh-oh, they might miss. And they lost to the Jets. <clears throat> the Rams lost to the freaking Jets, and they screwed around with uh, Arizona today. Yeah, they're not going to beat the Seahawks. They're just not. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will go to Green Bay. It'll be the Battle of the Bays in the second round, not the conference final. Tampa Bay and Green Bay? Oh, I don't know. I I, I think Green Bay's probably going to win that game. Probably. Probably. I'd love to see Tampa win that game, and I will be rooting for them a 1,000%. Because if they win that game, I think they go to the Super Bowl. In fact, the winner of the Bays will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. That is where that is my thought process right now. You will see Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady in the Super Bowl against Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and those other great players for the Buffalo Bills. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be one of the Bays. Seattle, New Orleans, you're not going to the Super Bowl. It's not happening. One of you will get to the NFC title game, but it'll lose to the Bucks. That's basically what's going to happen. Seattle and New Orleans will have to uh, play each other in the second round, which is going to be fascinating. The divisional round, fascinating matchup, to say the least. I think the Saints win that game, actually. I, I kind of like the way they played the past two weeks. I don't know who couldn't. Seattle, it's like they're good, but they're flawed. They're a flawed team. They're kind of a mess. Good record, partially because of the early start and all that. And, you know, Russell Wilson's that good and all that. But I think the Saints go to the NFC Championship game, but they will lose to the Packers. They'll lose to the Packers. The Packers are going to beat the Bucks. 
the Packers are going to beat the Bucks. Yeah, see, if, if Tampa played the Saints, I think Tampa, I think the Saints would go to the Super Bowl, actually, now that I think about that. If the Saints get past Seattle, otherwise Seattle, I think Tampa or Green Bay could beat them. But I will have the Packers and the Bills in the Super Bowl. I think the Packers have enough in them to win two games against Tampa and or Seattle and New Orleans. Uh, Seattle and or uh, Seattle, New Orleans, whatever the heck that is. I'm going to have Green Bay and New Orleans in the NFC Championship game with the Packers going to the Super Bowl. Probably should almost pick Seattle, but no. It's going to be the uh, it's going to be the Saints. Unless the Bears knock them off, which would be beautiful, then Green Bay would definitely beat the Bears in that scenario. And then they would play Tampa in the conference. I think Tampa would beat Seattle in the conference. But I, yeah, it's going to be the Packers in the Super Bowl. But they will lose to the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills end the drought. And they will be there will be only one team left that has been to four Super Bowls and is 0-4. And that is your purple and gold Minnesota Vikings. Buffalo Bills will win the Super Bowl this year, in my opinion. I have a feeling about that Bills team. I could be wrong, but they look absolutely fantastic. I think they have it. I think they have a chance to be absolutely great. It'll be beautiful. Maybe the Packers beat them, but I don't think they will, but they could. They could. It's not impossible. If whoever, I mean, all, all you have to do is get there and hope for the best, and if it's your day, if Rodgers is unbelievable that day, then I guess the Bills lose, but I, I think right now the Bills actually would beat the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl between two 13-3 and three teams, the Pack and Buffalo. Packers were 13-3 and three last year. They've actually really responded nicely this year, haven't they? After a, you know, after a very disappointing loss to the <clears throat> NFC champion San Francisco 49ers last year. It was just an absolute butt-kicking. When you consider how decent they were, and you saw how the way they got absolutely obliterated. It was kind of a shame, actually. You know, I'm not trying to be a jackass. It just was disappointing, honestly. He wanted a better football game at the very least. And it just wasn't. Packers represent the NFC. Bills represent the AFC. Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl. With that said, we'll take a quick break. And we will get to fan interaction. Happy holidays, Joey. I hope you had a good Christmas, as did everybody out there in Purple Mafia land. Um, what a beautiful Christmas present our defence gave us, eh? 52 points. Wasn't that absolutely wonderful with a defensive-minded head coach? Um, I enjoyed the first half in the sense that it was a game where our offence had to keep up with theirs because neither team particularly had much in the way of defence. Um, I think what's irritated me more since that game, and I mean, that game was shocking in the respect of how bad our run defence was. Um, in fact, if you look at the last sort of few seasons, when it comes to sort of December games, our defence does tend to go down the toilet. I don't know if they are perhaps practising too hard. Um, old school, let's get out there and work out the issues. Well, they're clearly not working when it comes to December football. Um, I think in the last three years, we're something like five and nine. So putting yourself into the playoffs on that kind of uh, momentum is not really going to work, is it? Um, what irritates me more, Joey, is... 
social media side of it where you, you've got these fans that, um, I don't know, they just totally buy into everything the Vikings organisation say. Um, and will say to you, oh, oh, we were missing most of our defensive starters this season. Yeah, OK, I get it. And, and then it's like, oh, we'll have them all back next year, so everything will be hunky-bloody-dory. Um, yeah, maybe I'm more of a, a pessimist when it comes to Viking football than an optimist. Um, but looking at that, look at Hunter. He's already said that he wants to be paid the most money at his position in the NFL. So you've got to pay Hunter quarterback money. When we've already got cousins on the team. I don't think so. So he's gone. Um, Hughes, he's been a big letdown this year. At franchise tag, I think he'll be gone as well. Because again, I don't believe we can afford him. So where does this leave us? Yes, we've got one or two other players out. But there's still some glaring holes in that defence. Um, the secondary really hasn't got up to where I think perhaps Zim hoped it would get up to. So there's question marks at the corners. Um, in fact, so many question marks on that defence, it's truly frightening. And then let's not forget the offence and the O-line, which, uh, quite frankly, is still, other than a couple of those players, bloody useless. Uh, getting pushed back, pushed into Cousins. Um, I don't know how you fix all that in one draft, because there's not money there for free agency, that's for sure. Um, so, no, I'm not overly optimistic. Um, I hope they rest everybody against the Lions and... Uh, Let's get in and move on because, you know, you don't want any of these guys getting injured anymore long term. Um, going forward, how do I feel? I, my optimistic side would like to think maybe we win 10 next year. My pessimistic side, probably seven. Uh, my realistic side thinks maybe we could go eight and eight. But equally, in saying that, if we're going to achieve that sort of goal... They've got a draft, and they've got a draft really well with one first-round pick, two in the third, and then loads in the seventh. Mm, I'm not overly hopeful. Again, Joey, I, 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 it circles round for me to the organisation, the front office and the head coach. I think they are going in different directions. You, you've got an... Got Spillman that clearly wanted to go and find a quarterback to solve a lot of solutions. Uh, and you've got a head coach that is so defensively minded that he continues to ignore the offence. Um, Zim's a great uh, defensive mind, but I, I really don't believe he's a head coach because he doesn't put enough time and effort into looking at what problems he's got on the offence. And, and the thing is, when you're trying to draft all defence we come back to this problem of you aren't the 1970s Vikings where you've got no free agency to deal with and you can keep that unit together for years so your window is big. We're in the 21st century, we're in the 2020s, we can't keep 11 elite players together for perhaps more than two seasons if we're really, really lucky. So I, I really do believe that they have to change what they're doing and that's changed the head coach. Get a head coach that actually wants to delegate, wants to sort of say, right, you're the OC, deal with the OC, you do deal with the offence, and the defensive coach deals with the defence, and this guy oversees everything. Because at the moment, we have a head coach that doesn't oversee everything. He interferes. This is why we've had five bloody OCs since he came. Um, I just don't see a way out of it currently. Um, unless... The organisation is prepared to make a change at the head coach position. Um, Spillman, I'll give Spillman another another attempt at making a run for the big game. 
but Zimmer, no, I just, I, I have no faith left in the guy. Um, and I, I wouldn't want him being the head coach and dealing with a young quarterback if we were to draft a quarterback in one or two years, which I think has to be the most likely way we go. But when, when you look at the holes in this team, I just can't see any reason to be optimistic whatsoever for uh, the 2021 season. Perhaps I am too pessimistic. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? But God, that was just awful on Christmas Day when you look at that defence and where it's gone. Anyway, Joey, um, happy new year. Let's hope to God that uh, this COVID crap is finally dealt with in the next 12 months and we can all get back to some sort of semblance of normality because quite frankly I and probably many others are thoroughly sick of it so happy new year purple nation purple mafia happy new year Joey all the best keep up the good work and I look forward to listening to the next podcast later on today skull brothers and sisters and I can't thank you enough happy new year to you Mad Martin, Dave Martin, out of Northern Scotland. All some awesome, awesome. Love that voice. Love the takes. <clears throat> Nothing to disagree with, I'd have to say. Uh, Al Zimmer is just kind of, you know, he's not delegating. He's he's kind of getting too involved with the wrong things. And at the same time, he's not, you know, collaborating at all, where it's like all one-sided for the defense, this and this and this and this. And it's funny how the defense hasn't been good, obviously, with the uh, guys being out and rookies and all that, that's been kind of the number one, you know, uh, cop-out, so to speak, for the season. I shouldn't necessarily call it a cop-out, but it sure feels like one at some times. Uh, obviously, youth and injuries and you know, COVID-19 this, COVID-19 that, and yes, I'm as sick of it as you are for maybe maybe slightly different reasons, I suppose. It sucks having to wear a mask all day at work. It's depressing because not, not everybody has to, but most of us do, I guess. A lot of us do. It'd be nice to be the person that could just stay home and work. Honestly, I would like that, actually. I wouldn't even want to have to go back in, just stay home and work from now on. I would like that. As weird and as boring and as antisocial as that might seem, I'm a fan of that. I can't disagree with the thought of, again, like moving on from Mike Zimmer. Uh, obviously, again, the lack of creativity, the kind of the one-sided approach with things. Like how, oh goody, we're probably going to take a cornerback in the first round again. When there's just never a focus on the offensive line. Just go fix it. You know, that's where people like always like to joke on score north and stuff. Where it's like, oh hey, hey Gary, fix that offensive line. You know, when he's too busy worrying about the cornerbacks and everything. We're going to take like three cornerbacks in the draft and all that. Now don't get me wrong, a lot of those guys ended up being pretty good players. Including Harrison Hand, who actually played pretty well today. Played pretty well last week. Harrison Hand's been a nice little rev- uh, revelation the past couple of weeks, where we might have gone three for three this year with the the defensive backs, which again, you know, obviously we'll be looking for a safety because there's almost no chance Anthony Harris returns unless he takes a significant pay cut, which I, I don't know, maybe he will. <laughs> uh, he's going to have to play better too, not just take a significant pay cut, but actually play better. Uh, but no, I mean, obviously there's positives on offense, this and that, but again, the lack of creativity and how he just kind of, you know, he he has such a hard time keeping the coordinators here because of the way he manages things, him being Mike Zimmer. I mean, like you said, five bloody coordinators. That, that, that's insane. I mean, you got Norv Kerner, uh, Pat Shermer, who luckily in his case got, got promoted, got hired by the New York Giants. Of course, that didn't work out at all for him, 
but he at least again moved up to a he actually moved up. It actually was a success. It's sad how that worked out. How he only got to be the uh, offensive coordinator for a year and a half. Him being Pat Shermer, and then uh, Deep Filippo was a was an absolute disaster, a terrible fit. Mike Zimmer was unwilling to even give him a chance. Basically, uh, I thought he was too pass oriented, where Zimmer and Kubiak are too run oriented. Obviously, like Zimmer is just constantly thinking about that old school offense, run the ball. It's good to run the ball. There's, no, I mean, I'm not a million percent against running the ball, but when it seems to be all the time, and you're never willing to really take a, a legitimate shot down the field, which which could be a major game changing moment, which might put you in position to win a game rather than hoping not to lose the game. Like you're playing not to lose versus playing to win against a good team like the Saints or whoever, the Dallas freaking Cowboys, who wasn't good but almost won their division this year, <laughs> almost won the division. Until today, losing to the Giants, that was the end of that. Um, stuff like that, I mean, it's it's sad. It's sad how ultra-conservative the offense is. It truly is. Instead of going for the big shot down the field, you know, like it's third and nine, and we're, checked out, we're, we're doing check downs for two-yard gains, and, oh, okay, can you break three tackles? Come on, you can do it. Oh, yeah, he got one. Oh, he didn't get it. Oh, five-yard gain. Fourth and four. Here comes Britton Colquitt, ready to punt, or... Here comes Dan Bailey for a 37-yarder. It is hooked to the left. Thank you so much. And there you go. Green Bay takes over at the 30, at the whatever, you know. Green Bay takes over, regardless. Oh, oh, Lord. I mean, it's so frustrating. I mean, it's like they always say, Patrick Mahomes, say he's in a situation where it's third and 12 or something, and he throws he throws the ball 18, you know, if the play is 18 yards down the field. Boom, first down. Like, there's no doubt it's a first down. You don't have to break a tackle. Like, say, you need you need 12 yards and you throw the ball. You know, the, the play is 11 yards down the field, so you have to break at least one tackle to get that last yard or something like that. Or maybe, like, third, you know, you go for, like, nine yards, you got to break a tackle or two to get there. Hopefully you get it, but oftentimes it doesn't work out. If it's Dalvin Cook, you just might break the tackle. And uh, Justin Jefferson, with that quick turn he has and that good footwork, you just might break a tackle. But you can't count it at all the time, especially with the Chad Beebe's of the world. He's not bad, but he's not necessarily Mr. I'm going to break every tackle coming my way. It just doesn't seem to happen. He's just a little guy, you know, in terms of Chad Beebe. And he's not the he's not the quickest. He, he's got straight line speed. That's why he's a punt returner. But he doesn't have an explosion. or he, he He's not that shifty, per se. He's mostly just there to catch the ball. That's pretty much what punt returners do and not fumble. Yeah, we all know how that turned out a few weeks back. <sighs> but yep, great takes. Thank you so much, Dave Martin. Mad Martin, you are a legend of the Purple Mafia Nation. You really are. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Sam Gupta out of California at Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. Thank you. Please do give it a follow. Ah, oh, boy, it's been real quiet. People follow and then some others unfollow. That's just what kind of year it's been. It's been all over the place. Sam Gupta out of California says, totally agree with that title. That was, again, worst run defense ever. <laughs> and it was. And I was saying that was the definition of bad. And Kevin McMahon out of Wisconsin like that. He hosted the From the Cheap Seats podcast. Very cool podcast. I believe he stopped, though, unfortunately. Very nice Vikings podcast. Kevin out of Wisconsin there. So, uh, Malcolm McSween out of California. And it looks like, yep, let's see, Malcolm McSween, Dave Martin, Mad Martin, Gerald String, Vince Germano out of Australia, Gerald Swing out of Nebraska, and Tene Brown out of New Zealand all retweeted the last, most recent episode. Thank you guys so much. That was really cool. Uh, thank you for the retweeting and passing on to your friends there. 
Mad Martin, Northern Scotland, says, Love that podcast, especially the last bit. Yep, I'm sick of just good like you. I want great. Of course, we would be considered not true fans by many. Time to take risks and go get the Super Bowl. Just good enough to scrape into the playoffs is not enough. And I agree 100,000%. I'm tired of just scraping into the playoffs and losing. Just like with the Timberwolves in the Kevin Garnett era, everybody was seeming to be very satisfied with it. Why? You're not happy that we made the playoffs six years in a row? Well, we lost in the first round six years in a row, you dimwit. That's what I wanted to tell people. I mean, do you like losing in the first round all of the six years you make the playoffs? That's where you fire the coach, by the way. As much as I loved Flip Saunders, I would have fired him after the Wolves got... Especially when you get the vibe, we're not progressing. We're actually moving backwards. When the Timberwolves got swept by the Dallas Mavericks, I would have made the unpopular move and fired Flip Saunders. But the Wolves didn't do it. I would have fired him after that. They would have been like, oh my God, did you really just do that? I'm like, yeah, I did. (laughs) Even Shaq said that. Once it's about six years in with a coach and you feel like you're not moving forward, you gotta gotta move on. That's just a fact, unfortunately. Sometimes that's how it goes. Um, It's not personal, it's business. I I, I think Zimmer's in that same boat. Uh, He's won two playoff games, and both of them were literally like miracles where we were going to lose. Now, well, then again, the first one was. Like, we were going to lose to the Saints after we'd been kicking their butts. They came roaring back and were kicking our butts. And then last year, that was a pretty good performance. But unfortunately, it was just like, okay, we won this game. We go into San Francisco and got our butts kicked. So it just it didn't feel good. You beat the Saints with the Minneapolis Miracle and then get your butts kicked in Philadelphia. That didn't feel good either. It was downright frustrating and just like, it's like, yeah, well, we had that one good year that didn't amount to a whole lot. You, you didn't even, you, you didn't make it. You just didn't make it, man. It's depressing. Mad Martin again says, did a call-in, positive to negative, but to hell with it. I can already predict next season and that's just good enough. And never, ever truly great. So uh, you had us winning like seven or eight games again next year, right? And right now, with the current makeup of the roster and the fact that all your eggs are in one basket with Kirk Cousins and you cannot sign Hunter, that was the other one. That was the other take you had. You can't sign Hunter. You can't. I I agree with that. The hope is that possibly Hunter can be used as a trade ship on draft day to get uh, to move up and make something magical happen and hopefully get a quarterback in the fold that can lead this team to the promised land someday. A quarterback that will not start next year unless Kirk Cousins somehow gets hurt or something. Um, or has such a terrible performance that you put the other guy in for a game or two and see what happens and let's go. <laughs> you won't have to pay the guy bajillions of dollars right away, so it'll work. I'm praying to God that uh, that's the way it goes. That uh, Daniel Hunter does want quarterback-like money. There's no way in hell the Vegas can do that. You can't. Um, you can't. The only way you can do that is with the rookie uh, quarterback on a rookie contract and pray to God that that guy is a legit stud moving forward. That's the thing where Kirk Cousins puts up really good numbers, really good numbers. But in the big moments, he seems to kind of kind of lose it. Occasionally, he'll have a big game, this and that. But to win a Super Bowl, you have to win at least three games in a row against really, really, really good teams. And you just might have to win one on the road or two. <laughs> Just, just to get there. And on the road, or I mean, and then in the Super Bowl, it's a quote-unquote neutral environment with every freaking eye on the planet that, that watches football on you. Can Kirk Cousins do that? Can he win three games, at least three games in a row with, with, with that final one with every eye on the world on him? I'm not convinced he can. Some guys thrive in that situation. Other guys don't. 
John Elway got it done, finally. After, uh, In his case, his teams were so inferior to the dynasties he ran into. That was the problem for the poor guy, John Elway. He ran into some pretty tough teams. You know, that 87 Redskins team, and of course the uh, late 80s 49ers. It was pretty rough for Mr. John, but luckily for him, eventually it worked out. Um... Could have gone with what run defense? Yep, saying how like I could have instead of worst run defense ever. Brad Martin says could have gone with what run defense? Danae Brown liked a tweet as well. Uh, yep, he liked Man Martin's tweet there about that he loved the podcast. Yep. Continue here. Man Martin says it's the always it's the always next season shit that people go on about. Yep, they go on and on about. As I said, I would take two seasons of crap if it was to put us in a position to be great. Sticking band-aids on and hope we get lucky does not work. I agree. I agree one million percent. And yes, Kansas City got insanely lucky being able to make that trade and it ended up being a, it ended up being the best quarterback for the next ten years there. So I mean it's like <laughs> sometimes it's good to yeah, I mean they took a risk and they and it was a good one. You know, they traded away a quarterback that was a, a Pro Bowl level quarterback in Alex Smith. Kirk Cousins is a Pro Bowl level quarterback. Was, is Alex Smith the Super Bowl quarterback? Nah. Kirk Cousins? I don't think so. Good quarterback, but he's not a Super Bowl quarterback to me. Those mental gaffes like he had with the, the Detroit line, uh, the Detroit lineman today, Detroit defensive tackle today, had me thinking like, Lord of mercy. Just imagine if that was the Super Bowl and we were winning the Super Bowl and then that defensive lineman caught it and, you know, and you know, we were at our own 20. Well, <laughs> Plays like that can derail things pretty dramatically, pretty quickly in that kind of a moment where everybody pees down their leg and next thing you know, please forgive the graphic comment there, and next thing you know, everything goes downhill really, 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 really quick. Just like the high snap by the Denver Broncos early in that Denver-Seattle Super Bowl that ended up going very, very poorly for Denver right after that. Matt Martin says, Honestly, it took me two days to cool off after that performance. I just hope they shut it down in the last game. No point getting starters injured. If they draft defense at the first pick, I might give up next season. I know what you mean. Matt Martin says, To me, we've a decent O. Use those top picks to solidify the O-line. Yeah. Give Cousins a chance to do his thing. This D has too many hole or has too many holes. Draft draft hunter. I think he means trade hunter and use that money. Yep, and use the money to get okay veterans to give us more depth on the D. If we can be a top twenty defense, it's possible we go eleven and five. And he's saying trade hunter. Yep, that's why he said trade hunter. Yep, I, I agree with that. Um, and that's probably what's going to happen. By the way, we're probably going to have to trade him. Hopefully, we can get a higher pick than we got from Gakwe. No, I got to think so. Gakway's good, but Hunter is, you know, super good. Black Space Gaming, I'm still pretty much convinced that is Sebastian. I'm pretty sure it is. Sebastian Barton. He's never officially admitted it, though, which is weird. It, it's him, though. Uh, he says, do you ever get exhausted of this same old dance with the Vikings? And I was like, of course. Of course. I was thinking, extremely. Are you kidding me? It's been 29 years of heartbreak. And he liked that. I'm pretty sure that's Sebastian. Yep, yeah, because I think he... Uh, yeah, he's no longer on Facebook. He just said, I'm out of here. Hell with this. And he says he feels like a million times better. And I understand Well, that could be. It's all because of this darn podcast, right? This one and the others, right? I'm still using Facebook. I should probably get off, too. Uh, Twitter. Twitter's Twitter, though. You know, t- Twitter is social media, but it's not as frustrating as Facebook can be. With all the constant bragging, everybody thinks they're the coolest, most interesting person in the world. And they're, they're not. You know, not everybody cares about what you're 
photographing or whatever. Mad Martin says, I feel for those fans that have been with the team since the start. Yeah, can you imagine? That's heartbreaking. This season got me when we pulled back to 6-6. Six and six. Then they did what they do best. And they, yeah, they went adios, bye-bye. Um, I think I responded to that one, right? There's a conversation. Yep, yep, it's because I was saying the 29 years of heartbreak. So he was actually responding to that. Him being Mad Martin, anyway. He says, uh, him being Mad Martin, says, absolutely, to be honest, it feels more like a 4-11 and 11 season so far. Those two victories against Carolina and Jacksonville were horrible to watch. God, yes, they were bad. Teddy Bridgewater was bad. Um, he's not. He was not good the second half of the year, was he? And Jacksonville's like the worst. Jacksonville's just, ugh. I mean, they stink. Do you, I mean, do you realize they're in the AFC title game and they almost beat the New England Patriots? Do you realize that? They would have gotten killed by the Eagles, though, I'm sure. Sam Gupta, out of Kelly, says, Happy New Year. Agree the Dallas game is when the quality of the team became obvious. Yep. I suppose we're a bit to blame, too. We shouldn't have bought into the hype, yeah. With new defensive backs plus injuries, this quickly became a lost season, and that was really well said. Yep. Well said, Sam. That was good. He's, he's, he's got to get a star for crying out loud. He's a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. He got in, I believe it was last year, and it was like unanimous as far as I'm concerned. It was time for him to get in, Sam, there. Man Martin says, and a Happy New Year to you, Sam. That's, that's the problem. We always get sucked back in. That's the beauty of sports. I never believed this team was good enough. But you have to, but you have to have hope. <laughs> and he's like laughing. Sam like that one. He says, "Ha ha, you are right. Hope, hope is a powerful thing, and you never know when the breaks will go the team's way, like they did just a few seasons ago." And yeah, I just wish they went all the way, man. Oh, but they never do, do they? I think there's some. Yep, yeah, yep. And this is when I. Yeah, he was talking about the six and six, and they do what they do best. I was saying, yep. It was very demoralizing. Thanks for the good. What did I type here? It must have. It must have been a typo. Doggone it! It was very demoralizing. Thanks for the good for a minute there, and then it was literally adios, bye bye. I was trying to. I think I was trying to say they looked pretty good for a minute there, and then it was literally adios, bye bye. The Dallas game was the end of the season when you really look back at it. Yep, and then Sam agreed. And the noise upstairs is getting worse. It always does. Oof. Mm -mm. Hopefully not much longer. Uh, Black Skates Gaming says, guys, check this out. Holy bleep. Cool and fun. It was uh, Japan X Bowl 34 2020. So, yep. Check that out if you could. You could probably look that up. Google it or YouTube it is where it is. Pretty cool. Mad Martin says, going with Red Zone tonight. That's today. With the delights of PA on the radio. Paul Allen, yep. Could be a, a quiet day on social media with J.J. Justin Jefferson beating, uh, beat Moses yard, uh, Moses Yardage. And can AP get 100 yards on RG? Seem the most interesting points in this game. Yep, and well, uh, Jefferson got it. Jefferson got it. He got that record. AP did not get 100, but he came damn close. Happy New Year. As we all continue to suffer from Vikingitis. A lack of a Super Bowl win. And I was saying it was like, we're like purple addicts, basically is what I was saying. Defense? What defense? Need a, no, need, need a new OC. All this to get into field goal range, and no doubt Bailey misses it. <laughs> and, and with that, BB gets a touchdown. It's a great touchdown. Mind you, the Lions D is horrendous. 
And then uh, me and Black Space, Game, Black Space Gaming were kind of going off topic for a minute. They're talking about this nice-looking restaurant in Iowa. Um, let's do that conversation really quick. Might as well look it up. Uh, I guess it's one of those places in Iowa. Yep, he was saying how eating at restaurants never felt so good. And a beautiful French dip sandwich with those nice thick fries. Oh, Water Ridge Bay. All right, Bay Ridge. I forget. Yeah, it was in the messages. Messages, messages. That's where it was. We were having a conversation. I guess what it's really called is, yeah, Water, Water's Edge Grill. You know, G-R-I-L-L-E. It is in northwestern Iowa. So it's actually not that far from here. It's in very northern western Iowa. And what's the name of that city? Uh, Okabaji? Okaboji? Okabaji? I'm not sure. Yep. <laughs> Looks really beautiful. Yep. Friday's French dip is half off. I got mushrooms and onions on mine. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, yeah, I'm like 99% con uh, convinced that's Sebastian because he was talking about Mark Carlson even in there. Yep. Mad Martin says, imagine being a Lions fan this game is sort of fun and bleeping hell. Horse D's. Horse D's are not, well, not D's. Those D's. Yep. Oh, yeah. He was mad. 1,400 yards for Justin Jefferson is amazing. We need them to hit on almost every pick in the draft to have a shot next season. 7-9 what I expected. So not disappointment. But Zimmer is on the hot seat now. If they draft poorly, Zimmer could be in big trouble. I still think we have many areas have too many areas of need to solve in one draft. And I understand that a lot of things will have to go, like, perfect for us going forward for the Vikings. I believe, yep, right at the end of half, the half, the Washington football team took the lead over the Eagles. Yep, 17-14 with 12-31 remaining at the moment I'm recording this segment, at this moment. And now we head over to Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Going to have a little bonus here since, of course, uh, the other segments weren't quite, the first two segments weren't quite as long as sometimes, especially that second one was a little bit shorter, believe it or not, even though it felt long in a way because I kept going and going about the postseason. But I found that finally I was able to get the visitor's post to actually show now on the application. Can't seem to be able to do it on the computer, the, the browser, but the application, I can see the visitor's post again. So those of you that have been nice enough to post during the week on your own, like individual visitor post, I could finally see it again. So you can do that again. And I apologize for not reading them in the past. I couldn't see them. I can now. So there must have been some kind of a problem. Um, yeah, these even go back into August. Yeah, man, I'm so sorry. Mark Carlson went on video and he was saying, this is way back in August. It's not Labor Day yet, but I hope all my friends had a great summer school from a small Minnesota lake. Looking forward to football and this fine cat podcast and reading everyone's post too. Mark from Iowa. I am so sorry I didn't get to see this earlier in the year, Mark. That's awesome. That's cool how you set that up and got that going for us. What a what a cool guy, huh? That is awesome. Absolutely awesome. Yep, man. I, I wish it was summer again. <laughs> uh, he was saying, as much as I like winter, I like summer too. Uh, Brent was saying. In September, if things continue to go down the crapper and the Vikings want to do, here's how to divorce uh, a divorce from Kirk could work. So you can check that out if you can. MinnesotaSportsFan.com. Divorce options for the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Leland Albertson, also out of Iowa. Brent Jacobson's from the Lakeville area. Um, 
Yeah, the Vikings are the Vikings are likely stuck with Kirk Cousins through twenty twelve. Pro football talking, I think so too. Kind of is what it is there. But if you can get a legitimate prospect behind him developing, it might maybe it won't all be so bad, I guess. Brent Jacobson was saying, is it too soon to rename the Christian Potter Memorial Award the Kirk Cousins Memorial Award? And I was saying, the way things are going, it's coming soon in the next couple of years. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'd settle for Trey Lance. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. 10,000 takes on Twitter. Leland also, yep, voice of an angel. That's an interesting one there. <laughs> Mark Carlson in November, so we're getting a little more caught up now because there's no way I saw this one, and I apologize earlier, Mark, as I'm seeing it now, finally. So, no Vikings game today, as they as they have a bear hunt scheduled for tomorrow night, and the only game on here is the Green Bay versus Carolina on Fox, is, is Green Bay versus Carolina on Fox, but the audio is horrible, lots of background noise, I'm not sure if they put in their in, uh, intentionally or for fake crowd noise, or what the deal is. So I flip my TV to YouTube and watch a classic Vikings game, I decided on the 20, uh, 2009 Divisional Playoff game against the Cowboys. Right away, I am aware of a few things. I miss fans in the stands. I miss the real crowd, and that drives the emotion of the game. Also, the Vikings' defense was so good that year, and here we are in 2020, and our defense is not aggressive at all. I want a defense that is disruptive and fast. Today, I feel like we have a defense that is always trying to fight to the level of its opponents rather than thank, thank for its opponents to adapt to our threatening D. We definitely need to build a defense that has players that are on that level and a coach that can make them a threat. Well, one more thought, and I am sorry if I'm going on here. I miss Ragnar. I think he did post this in a different segment, but yeah, so I mean a different, yeah, I think he did post it on the other thing too, maybe because he figured I wasn't seeing these, but I can see them now, apparently. Something was really wrong with the app before, but it works now. You're saying, I know there are no fans in the stands, but he has been gone for years. So when when the time comes to fill the stadium again, we need Ragnar back. Anyway, I will get back to the classic game I am watching here. Skull Vikings fans worldwide, and thank you very much. Malcolm. So yeah, there's no way I saw this one. And yep, keep keep these coming, guys. Yep, you know, Malcolm, Mark Carlson, Brent Jacobson. You can keep these coming. I can see them now. They must have corrected whatever the issue was. I bet I'm not the only person that was noticing the issues. That's why it finally got fixed. Malcolm McSween says, Just had this thought. This was in December, so it's much more recent, thankfully. It's not like months and months and months ago, even though it was cool to see something from back in August for a minute there on that nice summer evening. Uh, even though I like June much more than August. But <laughs> just had this thought. The Packers might move on from Rodgers in the next two years. The Lions might move on from Stafford as soon as next year. The Bears are a mess at quarterback. Do we really want the Vikings to start over at quarterback the same time the rest of the division is? Why not extend Cousins one more time to have probably the best quarterback in the division in hopes the Packers, Lions, and Bears are rebuilding that position? This also doesn't mean we shouldn't draft a quarterback while still playing and pl- while still playing and paying Kirk. What do you think, Purple Mafia? Hmm. Well, we will be keeping him. I don't know if we're going to extend him, but we will be keeping him. Maybe they will extend him. Maybe they're going to be so in love with him after next season they'll extend him again. Um, we will see what happens. We will see what happens. Uh, it's <laughs> we'll see. Um, we will see what happens. 
Sorry about that, but yeah, thanks for the thought there. It's, it's interesting. It's an interesting thought. Uh, I do think he's going to be here at least two more years. Outside of that, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm honestly not sure. Uh, Detroit, who knows what's going to happen. And some people are even talking about the Vikings acquiring Stafford. Where he's a better, I, th- I think he's a little better than Cousins ultimately, but maybe not. I don't know. He's better in some ways and not in others. He's certainly more mobile. Because I know he's frustrated us many times in the past. Those third and longs, and he'd go for those runs and get the first down and get me cursing at, at somebody. Let's keep moving. Tanae Brown. There he goes. He posted on December the 30th. I've seen a few rumors about P.J. Fleck drawing interest for an NFL coaching job. What, in, what would fans in Minnesota like to or excuse me, would fans in Minnesota like to see him come into the Viking staff or even take over for Zimmer? I don't know much about college football, but I know the Govers had a great season last year. Oh, boy. I, I don't know if P.J. Fleck is an NFL coach. Maybe a coordinator or something. An offensive coordinator. I don't think he's a head coach in the NFL. He he is a college coach. To me, to me, P.J. Fleck is a college coach. Because he's there's an act, unless he has a different act as a head coach. And I'm not writing coattails of, say, like a Patrick Royce who like calls everything act, act, act. I'm not meaning to write his coattails on that. But yeah, it's a different, you'd have to have a completely different image, I think, to be a head coach. Um, Pete Carroll, it worked for him, though. I mean, Pete Carroll definitely was a rah-rah guy when he first got to Seattle, and look at their success. Didn't last forever, and they're, they're still good, and he's still the coach of the Seattle Seahawks, and there's no way they're going to fire Pete Carroll in Seattle. Like, he's going to step away when he, when it's his time to step away. Uh, you know, or like not renew or whatever. He, he'll, he'll step down or step away someday, where it's like, yep, I've been here long enough. That kind of thing. Um, maybe, maybe it, it'd be a huge risk. A huge risk. Well, he's an offensive coach. And the Gophers offense was very successful last year. It truly was. And the defense was better. During uh, last year, this year, this most recent year, whoo, they gave up like record yardage this last year. It was pretty bad. It's kind of kind of sounds familiar, unfortunately. It's uh, it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to say the least. At the end of the day, but uh, it, it's uh, he wouldn't be at the top of my list. But then again, who would be? That's the uh, that's the interesting part. Who would be at the top of my list to be head coach of the Vikings moving forward? I'm not sure, but well, there was a little bonus there. So now those of you that want to post to the post like a, a visitor post like that, where it's not on one of my threads, you can do it again. It it works now. So um, thank you for thank you for doing that, and sorry for the extremely long delay on some of those. But even even December the thirtieth, it was a little while. It was only a couple of days actually. So today's actually was perfect for this show. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Now, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show is already there. Yes. We'll continue. Mark Carlson says, that is on the most recent episode. He says, great show today, Joey. Worst run defense ever. I think it must be hard sometimes to produce and deliver a product when the subject can be at times to do, uh, at times uh, too disappointing and messy. I remember listening to you in the Ponder and Jackson years. Yep. The team record went up and down, and the play on the field could both be praised and condemned in back-to-back weeks. Yet the product, the Purple Mafia show, was still fresh and fun to listen to, as it is today. Thank you very much. So looking forward to the future after this game. 
and this podcast episode. Too many seasons of Vikings football that are solid and productive and have players that stay on the team and uh, and care more about the wins and losses, care more about the fans than a bigger contract. Skull, Mark from Iowa. Oh, man. I, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping for that, hoping for that, and uh, thank you very much. That was a really awesome comment, Mark. I really appreciate that. Superly appreciate that. Honestly, and there, there's the article, NFL.com. Vikings receiver Justin Jefferson looks to catch rookie record in finale, and he did. Mark Carlson says he has been amazing. He has been amazing as a rookie. So much fun to watch, and what a good addition to the team. Yep, what, what, what an amazing addition indeed. In game threads, Brett McCarthy, Mike Dale, Brett McCarthy, welcome back. Dave Hickey, there he is. Dave Hickey says out of Iowa, Happy New Year, especially after the year. We went through, not up to 2020, not only with the pandemic, but this football team. I'm ready for a new year, even though this game means nothing other than draft positions and how much better a pick you are going to get by losing. That's why I want to see a win and a lot of young guys in the lineup besides the ones that were forced to play already. But it's not, it's not on in my area, so I'm not going to see any of it. And that's unfortunate. But uh, thank you for posting, and thank you for keeping up with the show anyway, despite that uh, frustrating side of it. Thank you very much. Uh, I was saying congratulations, Justin Jefferson, all-time rookie record for receiving yards. People like that, of course. Mark Carlson's is halftime here in northwest Iowa. Foggy wind and frosty. Yeah, I wonder what's up with that. Wasn't that weird? Yeah, where, where did the fog come from? It's kind of a weird situation for fog. I don't understand it, but... Very weird weather conditions here the last couple of days. It was, uh, yeah, it was a freezing fog that would like leave uh, rime icing on branches. It's kind of cool, actually. Cool and weird. Mike Dale out of the New York State area says, "Ha ha!" Prater misses an extra point and then follows it up with a with hitting a 54 yarder that would have made it, that would have been good from 64. Shakes head. It's weird, isn't it? Prater's like that. He's got a powerful leg, but again, the accuracy he's a little a little bit all over the place. The show ends up being super long anyway, but I guess it's a season finale. Holy crap, this is a long show. <laughs> the uh, fan interaction segment, a little long, I guess. But that's okay. Hey, it's the end of the year. Mike Dale says, Merry New Year. Which team is going to shoot themselves in the foot less? Us. I thought it was Detroit at the time, but it ended up being us. We shot ourselves in the foot a lot, though. <laughs> With the missed uh, this and the almost intercepted that and blah, blah, blah. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, says, Wow, Bailey couldn't hit a bull in the ass with a shovel of corn. True. <laughs> True. Very funny. That was awesome. I think it's really sad. Hopefully he's better next year, or, of course, he will be somewhere else or nowhere else. Yeah. Mark Car- uh, Brett McCarthy again says, Happy New Year, Skull. That was the very first post of the of the day. Mark Carlson says, Halftime on the final game of the season. Good to see, good to see a big okay to BB. Next year, we have to show up with a real defense, and I am hoping so, too. Mike Dale says, not surprisingly, it seems both teams are in no F's given territory, at least defensively speaking. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> he was saying, we might actually have a player in Harrison hand, and I think we do, too. He's uh, giving us a hand. He's giving us a hand, just like Brad Hand, if he came here to help pitch for the Twins, if he could be our new closer. You know, he's actually a local guy. Played for the Cleveland Indians, San Diego Padres. Wouldn't that be nice? Give us a hand. Give us a hand. Hand out there in the Major League Baseball. Okay, sorry. 
Mike Dale says, wow, BB, it's still in your doghouse. Joey, or are you still just apathetic about him like many of us? I, I'm i okay with BB right now. I feel better. I, I mean, I was very apathetic to him for so long, but he ended up stepping up a little bit, and the way he, uh, you know, he, he redeemed himself in the game that he had that, that horrible fumble. He didn't end up being Eric Gullerflerd. He ended up being a little better. Brett McCarthy says, interesting opening drives they both off. And just, yep, you can sense a little sarcasm mixed in there. Interesting open drives by both offenses. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> Slum, dry sense of humor there, I'm sensing. Yes, I, I think so. Brett McCarthy says, on the bright side, we got some good young talent. Yes, we do. Hard to watch this, just sloppy, very sloppy. Nice hit, Gladney. That was when he knocked the ball away. Very cool. Post-game threads, not much going on in this one, but, well, there's a lot to say, just not a lot of comments. But they're longer, usually, these uh, comments, and then we wrap things up, I guess. Mike Dale says, well, a pretty disappointing season comes to an end. Obviously, drafting the best quarterback that we can is the order of the day, come hell or high water, and possibly trading up in the draft, which I think is a strong possibility. Hopefully, we'll be able to extend the contracts of Hunter and Harry is in Harrison Smith, as let's face it, Smith and Kendricks were basically putting out fires and patching holes in the dams the entire season. I agree. Harry and Kendricks are absolute superstars that seem like they're nowhere in five different places at once. It seems like they're in five different places at once, pardon me. However, with all the injuries and inexperience, those two were stretched to their own breaking points, where they were shown to be quite fallible and were often forced to gamble for high-risk, high-reward outcome to try to make big plays. Eric Wilson impressed. However, it seems like Anthony Harris did not live up to his new contract. No, he didn't. The young corners will improve and look promising. Hopefully, the cap problem... <laughs> How do we say that? Uh, exacerbated, ex exacerbated by the Cousins contract can be alleviated and will finally find the money to move on with a young quarterback and pay to keep our few shining leaders on defense still intact. Joey, don't be disheartened by the, by the decline in numbers of listeners and streams. I myself struggle to stay interested. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Really, I really do. I myself, believe me, <laughs> I feel the same. <laughs> it's not easy doing the show when, it's, when the team's not good or they're just kind of crappy to watch. And you know other people aren't watching. Um, I myself struggle to stay interested by their less than inspiring play. However, in my opinion, you have the best Vikings podcast around. Thank you so much. Let's get this to a love here. Where was he? Where was he? Where was he? Like everything moved there. Sorry. Well, many pod... Okay. However, in my opinion, you have the best pod Vikings podcast around. Well, many Vikings... Well, many podcasts are all about cold analytics, numbers, statistics, and projections. Your podcast is warmer and more human. With um, What with the injected nostalgia and personal anecdotal history of what it's like being a fan of this downright frustrating franchise, you may not be accredited uh, an accredited therapist but you're definitely qualified <laughs> to have the right bedside manner to lead this damaged rabble's weekly group therapy sessions keep it going as it is much appreciated school brothers and sisters a la mad martin in northern scotland that's what he said there looking forward to the draft and next season's possibilities that was uh 
Wow, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. If Mike Dale doesn't get a star, yeah, then I'm making a mistake. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. And he will absolutely be in the uh, Star of the Year ceremonies. <laughs> Mike Dale is going to be in the Star of the Year ceremony, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he'll be getting one of the three stars of the year, for sure. Brett McCarthy says, tough year without Hunter and, and Pierce, yep. And no off-season workouts, high notes. Got a lot of young talent, build up the offensive line, please. Yep, well said, well said, Brett. Jeff Froyland, Iowa, Brett McCarthy, South Dakota. Jeff Froyland, Iowa, says, good finish. Nice to see them run the ball without Delvin. That was nice, wasn't it? It it was. Uh, Jefferson's a beast. Happy for him setting records. Mark Carlson says Jefferson. Wow. Let's spend some money on an on a on a defense, please. Looking forward to the playoffs now. Some exciting teams to watch, and me too. And I will be as always continuing into the postseason, like I have for years and years and years and years. I think Dave Hickey just commented on something. Yep. Uh, okay, that's a different one. That's just a general Happy New Year post and Merry Christmas. So that's it for all the posts. Quite a few, quite a few posts, even though I kind of, because I was kind of going retrospective, you had the call-in, you had all those tweets. Wow, what an awesome, awesome fan interaction, even though you might have thought it was a quiet day for fan interaction, but it was so good. I mean, that was so good. You guys deserve a huge hand. Like, welcome to the very first Pearl Mafia show of 2021. And uh, I did the best I could, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully, no. And you guys did the best. You did, guys are absolutely the greatest. Ooh, man. Oh, man. Where do we go here? <laughs> the awards for this episode. Mad Martin, Mike Dale. Mike Dale, Mad Martin. You are getting shining platinum laced gold stars with diamonds for this episode. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Both of you deserve a ton of credit. Fantastic, fantastic uh, episode today. Mark Carlson's going to get a big gold-plated silver star. No question about it. Just awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh, awesome to hear from Black Space Gaming. Uh, Sam Gupta has got to at least get a, a silver, silver-plated bronze star. He was so good also. Um, oh, man. Where we go? Yeah, I miss Gerald String this week. Pretty quiet, but I mean, he's probably busy and maybe super frustrating and down in the dumps. And I know he is. Um, Silver Star, Mark Carlson. I'm going to give... I'm going to give Sam Gupta also a Silver Star. Brad McCarthy's going to get a nice super-duper Bronze Star. Along with Dave Vicky. I mean, just an awesome week, guys. You know, I can't appreciate you enough. Always wonderful to hear from Brent Jacobs. And hopefully he posts again. Hopefully he wasn't discouraged when I didn't say anything because he uh, probably thought I was ignoring his post when I was absolutely not. It's just the way this stupid thing is set up. I think it just acted up again. See, now it's doing this again. Oh, my. Oh, that's the invite friends one, not the post to page. See, it actually worked. Tanae, great, great thoughts as well. Malcolm, great thoughts as well. I mean, all you guys are just everything to this show. I mean, there's a reason why you got put in that Hall of Fame. All of you guys mean everything. I could give every one of you a star and feel... Super confident that I, you know, giving it to the right person. That's how good you guys are to me, and I appreciate it so much every week. Every week, and that's why I never step away. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many times people in my family keep saying, why do you keep doing that? That's stupid. Why do you keep, why do you spend so much time on the, on this? It's stupid, you know, like the Vikings are garbage. Why do you care about it? It's eh, because I want to keep, because I, because I want to keep doing it. Even though the Vikings are super frustrating, this and that, 
I don't want to tell you guys I'm not doing the show anymore. Goodbye. You know, uh, maybe you'll, you'll hear from me on Facebook here and there. I, I, I don't think I want to do that. I wouldn't feel right about it. So, I mean, I don't want to go away because of that reason. You know, thank you for keeping me, keeping me here. You guys are keeping me here and I'm keeping myself here and hopefully I'm keeping you, you here as well. We'll all kind of work as a team that way. We're all the, the purple mafia that way. Apologize for that sudden chime there. I don't know what that was all about. Interesting. So with that said, wishing all of you again a happy new year going into 2021. Keep up with the postseason. I'll be pumping out shows for the postseason. I'll be doing it just like I always do. Go Buffalo Bills. Go Packers? No, not yet. Go Bears. Go Buffalo Bills. Let's go Bears in the NFC for now. Uh, or Tampa. Go Chicago or Tampa in the NFC. We're not going to cheer for, I'm not cheering for the Packers. I'm not cheering for the Saints. Maybe the Washington football team if they, uh, nah, they'd have to beat the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm going to actually cheer for Tampa in that matchup, but uh, we'll see. Maybe Washington makes some kind of crazy run, which would be hilarious. Uh, go Buffalo, you know, go Baltimore, somebody like that. I don't want to see Pittsburgh. I'd love to see Cleveland, but I'm not too confident in them either right now. They look like another one of those teams, like they make the playoffs and out they go. That's my fear for Cleveland, but maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe they'll surprise us all. With that said, God bless all of you. I passed out the the stars. Uh, final things are, again, uh, please do uh, an audio submission, just like Mad Martin. If Mad Martin, keep them coming in the postseason if you like. If you're not interested or you're too busy or whatever it is, it's all up to you. It's a, it's a free country. It's a free world. It's a free worldwide podcast is what it is. <laughs> if you're able to, it'd be absolutely fantastic. You know, today Brown, you're always welcome to call in. Like I believe he did once for this show and he, and he recently did for Timberwolves explosion again, after he'd gotten been so busy. Thank you so much for that. Call in for Timberwolves or this one. All you got to do, you know, Mark Carlson's called in Gerald string. Like did I mention we need some guards? Yep. And he, he, he can say that once again. And be dead on accurate. We need some guards, all right. Especially if Ezra Cleveland's going to move to tackle. Uh, but no, uh, audio submissions is what it's called. Not a call-in anymore. It's an audio submission. Brent Jacobson, same thing. Brent Jacobson used to call in all the time. Man, I miss him. Uh, it's super easy to do. Super freaking easy. Just, you know, any smart device on the planet. Like, I'm holding this Note 10 right now. There's, it's just like audio or voice or whatever the heck it's called. Just open it up. Click record. Treat it like a phone call. And don't be nervous. Just, just, just fire away like uh, Mad Martin did. Just fire away. Nothing to be nervous about. <clears throat> I'm not sitting here going, Ugh, what is that garbage? No, don't be nervous. You know, Dave, Vicky, any of you, call in. That'd be great. Sebastian Martin. Um, click record. Talk away. And when you're done, hit stop. And simply save it and email slash share it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to Zumzar.com. Bada bing, bada boom. It's always a wonderful thing. Always greatly appreciated. You'll be on the air with me just like Mad Martin was today, and he will be again. With that said, enjoy the postseason. Hope for the best going forward into the draft and free agency, and hope this team can make the right decisions once and for all, and finally something wonderful happens to this franchise. That's the other reason to be sticking around, because the hope that one day, one day we'll get that, that ultimate payoff, like Eagles fans got in 2017, like Saints fans got in 2009. Why am I even bringing that up? Ugh. But just any team that has suffered for so long, maybe the Buffalo Bills this year, that has suffered for so long, the Chiefs, how, how they struggled every year, except for 1969. See, there's another one. It keeps coming back to us again. 
in a negative way. But so many teams that have waited that waited for so long for their championship and they finally got it, this and that. Hopefully there's always that hope that someday, some year, the river, the purple tears of joy will be flowing like rivers down the streets in early February. We'll see. Well, we wait for that day and we're still waiting right now for yet another year. Talk to you next week and go Buffalo Bills.